Welcome to Contra Gentiles, Season 2, Episode 22. Truth essentially just reveal itself to the Quit being a fag. Okay, wine. Yeah. Desperate. Pick one. This one first? Yeah. Why? Do you think that one's going to be better? I don't know. Just because smell it was, them. It was closer to me. I'm gonna smell them and I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna decide. I almost died. Okay. This one smells like a lot less. Okay. You want to use that one first? Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's like no nose. Weird. Okay. They're both Italian. We're having an Italian night. As we. Which I do think is funny based on the material we'll be covering in a minute. But, um. There you go. <laughs> Fuck, hey, dude. <laughs> there we go. Slam it. Why do you pour slightly more than me? You do that to annoy me. I don't. Can I don't notice. <laughs> you were looking at my glass the whole time. <laughs> I was not. I was looking at okay, mine. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, cheers. cheers. Yeah, it tastes like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that is the least flavor. What is so? Oh, what is the wine? I didn't even introduce it. It's a Poggio Altufo, Rompicolo, Toscana, Sangiovese, um, Cabernet Sauvignon. Good one, like to start out with if somebody doesn't drink anything besides super sweet stuff like yeah, Moscato. So there's the label for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it does not have a lot of. Mm-mm. A lot going on. Um, like, just smell them side by side. I know it's annoying, but... Yeah. It smells like nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, the one that smells like nothing is probably worse, and I was right. Yes. Okay, so how's life? Anything to report? Besides reading this, no. Okay, you just want to go right into it? You just yeah. don't even... Oh, no banter? Okay, I, do I? And you don't care what I'm doing? Yeah, sure. What are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. Um, Nothing. My job sucks. Um, mm-hmm. Truman was in the office today. That was really fun. Oh, was that with a picture you sent me? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was Joe's downstairs with like new carpeting or no, something. No, 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 no. That was the office. Truman was in the office. Everybody loved it. He didn't pee on anything. Mm-hmm. He was just normal. Yeah. It was great. Anyway. Um, Did he shit on anything? Mm-mm. He assumed the position for just a second, so I took him outside and it's fine. Yeah. So I caught it. He would have, I think, but mm. it wasn't malicious. Or he either. doesn't run away. Hmm. Mm. That must be nice. If he um, if he knows he's in trouble, he goes like on the floor. Mm. He goes like, eh. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. Um, Owning too many terriers is like my first instinct is if the door is open, he's gonna leave. Mm-mm. He's really low key. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we put up a poll. Um. What was it? Tuesday? Yeah. And we provided a small group of uh, works of philosophy, quote unquote, that um, from which our listeners could choose uh, what we read. And they chose Madness and Civilization by Michel Foucault. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy was not (laughs) enthused (laughs) by that. I feel like you would have yeah. enjoyed reading any of it, uh, any of the other things, bet more. Yeah, yeah. 
It's, it's fine. It was just kind of like a recap and a re-traumatization of, um, of graduate school. So what's your history with the book? I have none. I mean, Okay, yeah. And so I, the, the two works of Foucault that I read was uh, Madness of Civilization and History of Sexuality. Mm-hmm. For school. Or for, for school, grad yeah. school. Yeah, yeah, for grad school. And um, yeah, and so my biggest issue with it is that it might be like minorly art- autistic, but I can't move on and take anything serious if the beginning is wrong, right? And so, okay, and so th- that that's what bothers me more than anything. And um, and to really comprehend what Foucault is trying to do, mm-hmm. um, there there is a little bit of comprehension that I think people just need to understand, right? Mm-hmm. And so Foucault is not the only one. The Derrida did the same thing with the de- deconstructionism. Um, you know, Nietzsche is, is kind of seen, looked at as the father of this movement, but 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 it, but it's a it's a philosophical. Uh, I, I, it's hard to even say movement because it's not even like phenomenology, but it is a mode of um, investigation. Mm-hmm. So it's a philosophical mode of investigation called historicism. And so historicism is is the idea that um, first and foremost that you cannot separate historical sociological economical and all these other things aspects of a certain like philosophical idea or truth mm-hmm. claim or just truth in general mm-hmm. um, out of it right that, that, that they're they're connected and and any kind of abstraction of some kind of desideratum or any kind of abstraction of an archetype or whatever is all oversimplification mm-hmm. and so what they're looking for is a very complex um, I guess presentation of of a certain whatever in this case is madness right mm-hmm. so when he's looking at the truth of madness it, it isn't so much that he wants to argue that there is such thing in this world called madness and these are the attributes of madness mm-hmm. it's that i'm going to investigate how our conceptions of madness were derived from historical um and economical and awkwardly enough novels <laughs> all these other things how our comprehension of madness actually came into be mm-hmm. and so there is no such thing necessarily as madness mm-hmm. there is just modes of human behavior and we begin that to, we call madness yes now that we call madness then, now but back then they didn't really call it and madness our perceptions literally. of those things and the way that we've handled it over time has yes, changed yeah has changed and the right. thing that uh, i guess Hearing you can argue. Yeah, yeah. and then the the, the other um, important part, and this part was stressed a lot to me in Mm -hmm. school because um, Mm -hmm. I begin to argue with many of them. He is not ever making a causal claim, right? He's not saying that this religious belief caused this um, perception of madness. It's purely descriptive. Yes, there's no. He's not making because that was my problem with. I mean, last week's book, I said that Knowles, yeah. I, I don't, I think his argument wasn't strong enough for me to um, mm-hmm. glean from the book any strong thesis. Yes. This didn't have a thesis. It doesn't have a thesis. It doesn't have a thesis. Right. Yes. Because I remember I was like halfway through it and I'm like, what are we? Yeah. Why am I reading this? That, yeah. that's, that's really what it comes down to. It's like, what the fuck? Because okay. it's very, it's a very, if, if it's accurate, mm-hmm. he tends to, I get a little bit of a right yes. Nietzschean vibe and that some of the history yes. has probably pulled out of his ass yes um, yeah yeah like I don't, many postmodernists I don't do. know that because mm-hmm. I'm not myself a historian a historian yeah. but some of it just doesn't seem yeah. like how like a madman were were yeah. like what's the word like venerated 
in yes. any time in history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's true at all. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think it, it really does depend on, I mean, he, he's not completely wrong for just, just from my research in history, because there were certain points where they celebrated the madmen of, of like the saints. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the reasons why Nietzsche used the figure of the madman um, who was wearing um, like sunglasses in, in a bar holding a lantern or something, mm-hmm. whatever, um, screaming, God is dead, God is dead, and we have killed him. Mm-hmm. And so there, there, there was in a medieval period, there's this point where the madman was correlated with virtue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I don't think many of his descriptions are necessarily false. I would have to like do my own research, obviously, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. anybody can do their own research with it. But even given it, given that he did his sufficient research, mm-hmm. and let's say mm-hmm. I'm just agreeing with it, it's still in the end not making any point at all. And, um, and, and so he's beginning with this very flawed fundamental. So what is the beginning? So this is the, Mm -hmm. so one thing that I think is actually a well trodden criticism of the postmodernists is that Mm -hmm. they used such flowery language that it would Mm -hmm. kind of obfuscate their point intentionally Mm -hmm. because it's, it like, it sounds good. Yes. Like it's, it. The, the 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 rhythm is of the writing is very good the flow yeah. the language they use is nice yeah it's very pretty mm-hmm. but i it was so pretty that it was kind of hard to comprehend <laughs> right like yes, he yeah. was it was so flowery that mm-hmm. it got it was at the point where i had to read like right i'd have to hear a sentence a couple times yes to understand what he was trying to say because every word is like he, he opens a thesaurus mm-hmm. and in making one point, he never refers to the same because that's an important yeah. thing in like good metaphysics is referring to the same thing using the same word so that the yes, argument's yeah. strong. He never did no, that. No, he doesn't. Yeah, there are keywords that we can talk about later that yeah. I remember that I mm-hmm. that were strongly imprinted on me having read yeah. it that I will probably associate with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really understand what it was supposed to be about <laughs> yes and i think that that's again that, that's where my biggest gripe is and the only way to to really get any anything from it is that is if you accept that beginning premise if you accept the beginning premise that there is no universal principles mm-hmm. that there are and there aren't any kind of truths you can derive from it that is mm-hmm. objective and ontological mm-hmm. beyond the framework of, of kind of its contingencies mm-hmm. but that it only exists in its contingencies and so, you know, once you get there, and, and, and maybe this is a good point, because I think many times we, we just, especially me, I just excuse it because it irritates me so much that mm-hmm. I don't go in depth into mm-hmm. what relativism is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, like, if the audience knows, it's fine. But, but, but if not, I think it's important to kind of comprehend it. Because when somebody is an epistemic relativist, they're not claiming that, that it is simply relative to nothing. Mm-hmm. They're making kind of a position where they're saying that, when, when 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 they say truth is relative, they're saying that truth is relative to history. Mm. Truth is relative to social structures, to economical norms, to, to all these other things. And it isn't just relative to nothing. No, mm-hmm. there is a certain contingency with um, with all truth that can be espoused, that can be that can be comprehended. Mm-hmm. And so, in in classical uh, like metaphysical studies or just philosophical studies in, in general going all the way back to plato uh you know in the in the in his dialogues with socrates many times for example when he asked what is piety the first person kind of responds to him um uh, examples of piety 
And then so, you know, it's like when I do this and when I do that. And then Socrates correctly says, I'm not asking you for examples of piety. I want to know what? what is making those actions pious. What is piety mm-hmm. itself? What, um, what, what, what Foucault and the postmoderns say is that there is no piety itself. There are only those examples of piety. And, 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 and once you kind of comprehend that, you could comprehend what he's trying to do here mm-hmm. and why the historical context is so important. So there is, no, there is no madness. There is only these human behaviors mm-hmm. in which now in our, in his time mm-hmm. anyways, but in his, in his time, the psychologists are calling mad, but there is no madness. There's just behavior. There's melancholy. And melancholy has these certain behaviors, but it doesn't really exist mm-hmm. outside of mm-hmm. the, the melancholia. Way, yeah, yeah. The, the, it doesn't exist outside of the way we have constructed it to be. So there is no melancholy. There is no madness. There is any, there's none of these. There's just the examples of it. Mm-hmm. And so th- this goes directly against, like, virtually. Uh, they're definitely all of the ancient philosophers mm-hmm. as well. And I shouldn't say all of them because like the pre-Socratics is more in line with like Heraclitian mm-hmm. idea, but basically from, from Plato on through mm-hmm. um, e- even through some of the early modernists, because someone like, you know, Descartes and um, David Hume, they all still believed at least you can get to a truth objectively. Mm-hmm. And these things we can, we could begin to comprehend. What, what, what the postmodernists and specifically Foucault is saying is that, no, there is nothing to comprehend. Any kind of abstraction is an oversimplification of the reality um, as is. Mm-hmm. And so when you take madness and then you put a definition of madness and madness is A, B, and C, or D, mm-hmm. you would say that's, that, that's oversimplification, that's nonsense, that doesn't, that doesn't exist. Yeah. So you have to go into this like long explanation of, his, of its historical happenings. Because it's the only way to understand. It's, it's the, the only way to understand. Is, is yeah, historical there, context. Yes, um, there. <clears throat> I'm trying to. So one, this is most of my criticism. My real criticisms yeah. of it are one. It, it said it said nothing. Mm-hmm. Like there was no thesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but that's the reason why there's um, no thesis. Yeah, yeah. Why there is no thesis mm-hmm. is because there can't. There is no thesis to be made. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just a description of mm-hmm. historical events and relationships of people and stuff. Yeah. And, um, which could be interesting if a thesis was exactly. derived from it. Yeah, yeah. There were moments or what I was going to say is that the language is flowery enough that it's almost impossible to quote because it's like memorizing poetry. Mm-hmm. You, there's no like blank is blank. You know, it's yeah. very, there's no aha to, moment either. Because no, there were just exact. There the, were little glimmers little, of things that could have been. Yes. Yeah. Um, like when he um, describes the way in which, and again, I don't even know how to word it correctly because I don't remember exactly how he said it. Yeah. Because it was so... And because you're rational. No, yes. But if he had no, said no, it yeah. in, in less of a... I think that's a big part of it. But also because you're rational, you you read something like that and then you make an inference. Mm-hmm. And this is what every rational person does. Is that they read something and say, oh, this is what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no, you have to take... No, that's not what he's saying. It, what he's saying is very concrete to the text mm-hmm. if he says something like you know the the, the way that the modern the modernist because he, he goes against a lot of the modern ideas the way modernists um describe melancholy is this he's not saying that melancholia is that he's he is saying that this is the way they describe that was the other it. thing is i couldn't tell mm-hmm. 
it was hard. It was hard to know when he would shift from describing historical facts and events yeah. to describing them, mm-hmm. like or extrapolating from them. What, because we want to. We, because we I'm, yes. I'm waiting. But there was there was mm-hmm. a interesting point that he made where. And I don't even, it wasn't even really a point. I, I, I could infer, I could use yeah. it to make a point mm-hmm. um, that the treatment of what we now call mental illness, what was called madness, what was called insanity, whatever, mm-hmm. um, whatever word you use to people for people whose brains chronically don't work right. Yeah. Yeah. To the, to a, to a crippling degree <laughs> yes, yeah. or an irritating degree to the general populace or whatever, whatever, however you want to say it. Um, yeah. He did say something about how the treatment went from requiring truth mm-hmm. to not anymore. Yes. That was good. I, yes. I think that it was just, I think because it's true and if his, at least his mm-hmm. descriptions are accurate, you have to say that. Yes, you do. Yeah. There was no longer a, but the one thing is that is that we cannot be interpreting as if he's saying that there is truth ever to be derived no, from it. No, he was saying that, that, that they at least people held the concerned belief. themselves with what they considered universal yes. truth. Yeah, yeah. Now they don't. Now they don't. That's right. true. That's true. Yes. I'm not saying that he was mm-hmm. equipped or willing to yes. talk about that in any useful Nor yet. way. But, but 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 I guess what I'm saying is that. It, it, it was your intellect that derived that conclusion, mm-hmm. not his. That's why I thought it was good. I was like, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And then because the next two like, sentences are just like weird again. Because I remember like when I was writing a paper about um, about this, mm-hmm. I, w- I would do stuff like that. And then my professor would stop me. He'd be like, no, no, no. He'd like, he'll correct my paper. He'd be like, he didn't say this. You're saying this. <laughs> right. So he's not saying any of that. You you, you looked at that and you extrapolate, extrapolated truth value from that. And be like, oh, this is mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it is true that, but he's not saying that it's true either. He's not saying it is true that at first they um, um, they were using truth as a barometer. Now they're not. Mm-hmm. He's simply describing it. Mm-hmm. So he's not even making any truth claim. There is no truth value to be made in any of his propositions. The only truth claim that he's making is that it happened. Yeah. If, if that. that, yeah. Yeah. And and so that, that that is the issue that I have with it because then when I was when I was there, there was this one. Um, uh, he he was like the TA for this professor, and he was uh, he was um, work, he was writing his um, dissertation on it, and I was at this point it was like mid semester, and I kind of had it with it because the entire time I was just quiet. I was like, I'm just gonna try to go through the motions, you know, not beat somebody's face in. Yeah, <laughs> and so and so it, it got to the point that um that that he was describing this, and so it, I just kind of blurted out. I just said, well. So if these things are contingent upon historical realities, are your understanding of Foucault's writing also contingent on your historical realities? Mm-hmm. And then he was like, well, yes. And then I was like, okay, is the answer you just responded to me also contingent on these historical realities? He'd be like, yeah, and that answer too. Mm-hmm. So I just basically said, is, is there ever a point in which you could just claim for something to fucking be true? Because in the event, that's what you're doing. You either either his historical, you know, construction of understanding madness is true or it isn't, right? But you, but if you keep pushing the the description off, no, 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 no. But it's just it's just contingent on my heart. Okay, but there has to be something that you're saying that isn't. Because if you it know isn't, really funny. it's um, it's just I'm it's, it's not men. supposed to talk about it. But this really mirrors our first conversation with Adios Russell. About <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not supposed to say it, so I'm going to scare yeah. my voice. 
it, it's it, it's one. <laughs> this is it, exactly the same conversation. It is, yes, it's one of the most upsetting <laughs> things because it, it's either they're being deliberately stupid mm-hmm. um, because they just which want, means lying. Yeah, which which means yeah. that they're simply lying, or they're really that stupid. Which makes me think, then just leave. Like mm-hmm. you shouldldn't be in school, then you should be in grad school. If you honestly are convinced with such moronic um, ideas no. that have uh, that, that just it just doesn't make any sense. And so like when, when I was let me take a picture. Oh. anyway, yeah, and, and so so when, when I was reading this in school, like it, it just it was hard for me to take anything outside of that serious mm-hmm. then, because what what then can I gain from somebody who is being descriptive mm-hmm. and yet not saying anything. Yeah. Because in the end, he's not saying anything. So why, why it's, 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 you know, it's a famous um, line from, um, from Thomas Aquinas on, uh, uh, on being an essence. I believe, I believe it was actually the first line of, of the entire essay. And he said, a small error in the beginning is a big one in the end. Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of like, if somebody, like if you were doing a long equation, let's say it was like two plus two times six divided by eight, right? And then you did the first part, two plus two um, equaling seven. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, you acknowledge, oh shit, I just did that wrong. You normally would then be like, I'm going to correct that, right? Yes. Before I move on. But what they're doing is like, oh fuck, that doesn't make any sense. But I'm just going to keep investigating to see what happens. And I was like, I, I don't care to because then you're not saying anything not say anything worthwhile because your very beginning premise is stupid. Mm-hmm. And if it is stupid, anything that comes after that will be stupid, if not more stupid, because you're deriving more conclusions that aren't conclusions because he's not making an argument. He's not saying anything. So why, why read it at all? Why do anything at all? It, it, just, it doesn't make any sense. So, so this is the part that I just start getting very irritated when I start mm-hmm. reading it because it's like, what value then so is let's, anything? So let's analyze. Um, mm-hmm. What would his editing process be, possibly? His? I wonder if he goes through mm-hmm. and reads it or something and goes, oh, oh, I'm, I'm making a truth claim, and then, like, deletes it or something. Because <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I remember I listened to the conclusion. It's called conclusion. Mm-hmm. Twi- like, three times. Yes, and there was... And I was like, no what was it? It was something like a uh, face that becomes featureless with no features. That is yeah. a face. And like the psychology that, uh, what was it? Oh, the psychologists, what was it the psychologists that did something to madness now must prove themselves to madness itself or something? I'm like, okay, take that. What yes. do you mean? Moves on to the next thing. It's yeah. just like, it's just poetic. It just sounds cool. Yes, that's all like it is in the end. And I think that's why people like Foucault. Yeah. And I know that we really haven't said anything about the text. (laughs) (laughs) No, again, because this is my issue. I can't afterwards because what else I could go through and tell people like, oh, they did. Like I could talk about how at a certain point in uh, the history of um, psychology and treatment of quote unquote mental illness or whatever Mm -hmm. we're going to call it, they um, started using water as a treatment. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, like I could, I could tell you that like, um, correlation with baptism and everything. Yeah, correlation with baptism yeah. and um, the way that hot water would treat certain things, cold water mm-hmm. would treat certain things. That there's like a there's a certain like concept of dryness in the body and yes. of the of the humors, the mm-hmm. the humoric liquids. Yeah, that it used to be that there was too much of them, but then over time it turned into like there oh there's there's it's these certain uh, mm-hmm. tissues have dried out of their yeah. um, 
of their uh, what was the word humoric um, fluids and mm-hmm. stuff. I'm like, so the water will agitate. Blah, blah, blah. Like I can yeah. I can tell you all of the mechanics. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think insofar as it's an interesting articulation of just a literal history of right, yeah, which is fine, the treatment yeah. of mental illness. That's kind of cool. Yeah, but. It doesn't say it's. I if it wasn't called philosophy, it'd be fine. Yeah, it was just history. Yes, just history. It was just a professor of history and just wrote a book about the history of mental illness. (laughs) But 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 again, it's it's a history without making any causal claims, which is still kind of weird. I think the closest Mm -hmm. we got to making a claim, yeah, was when he says things like, "Art is void of madness and stuff." Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that's true. I'm not saying he says that's true. I, know, I don't yes. know if he knows why that's true. <laughs> yes, yeah. or, um, or even that it is. And true. there were like, he would make statements mm-hmm. early on that were the, in the, in the beginning mm-hmm. before, before the, maybe in the pre scholastic era, the pre medieval mm-hmm. era, there was this, um, like, a he kept saying how like madness yeah, and it's really hard to know how he worded stuff because mm-hmm. he worded it differently every time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you're writing metaphysics and you have a a, a premise, mm-hmm. you should probably word it the same every exactly, time yeah, because yeah. that's what metaph- metaphysics is logic and it's, it's mathematical, do. essentially, yes, yeah. um, to drive it home so people can remember what the hell you were talking mm-hmm. about instead of just like walking away from a work vaguely impressed. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the way to say it. Like, it's, just, also, it's like never standing for anything no but i think i think yeah. people walk away and they're like wow that was really cool sounding yeah i couldn't really tell you anything about it but he sounded smart because know, it's yeah. really well written yes yeah it's beautiful yes yeah but it's in in people who are not who are either more easily swayed mm-hmm. or less intelligent than we are and other people like yeah. us i guess we could say yeah, is yeah, what yeah, we're yeah. really saying <laughs> less rational than we are yeah um that it might, because it's written so well, it might slip their mind that it didn't say anything, and they might yeah. not notice. Yes, I yeah. think I think that's the point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I do. I mean, it's it's hard for me to, to say what his intentions were. Right, fine, um, but but I think just the very nature of those kind of propositions but, um, are, are they're cowardice propositions because they never want to mm-hmm. say anything. But what I was saying, mm-hmm. I remembered it. This is rare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to I have to capitalize on my memory. Um, oh, I smell it. I smell it now for a second. It's very annoying. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to elaborate <laughs> for the audience. Um, so he, there's points in the book, in the work, where he is more enthusiastic in his description of a thing, and you, a rational person might correctly infer mm-hmm. that he agrees with it more mm-hmm. than other parts yeah. because of just the way he refers to it, mm-hmm. which I think is a, like when he says, um, madness, I don't, I re- this is why we were talking about the thing. Cause a second ago, I don't remember exactly how we worded it, but he said essentially attributed to madness or insanity mm-hmm. or foolishness or whatever, mm-hmm. a positive reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is not how we would understand insanity. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a it's a lack of sanity, as we would yeah. say. It's not like like madness has a positive mm-hmm. um, ontological structure of any kind because it's the lack of something. But um, right, yeah. He would say th- it, it's, again. I don't know if I comprehended it correctly, 
Mm-hmm. Or if, I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot to comprehend, but I don't, yeah. I, in his description, I don't know if I, I misinterpreted it, mm-hmm. but it's that it's almost like madness is natural mm-hmm. because when he was describing that kind of yeah. relationship of the mind to the world and stuff and how yeah. p- insane people have a way of interpreting the world that's, mm-hmm. that's good in a, in a different way, yeah, yeah. I think he would probably say that. Because yeah. there was something about the goodness of being insane in the mm-hmm. in the first part. Yes, yeah. And then it got drier as he got to the like the the enlightenment and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He was much more enthusiastic about the. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you kind of got that too. I did. And um, I think I think the other part that he got excitable too is when he was when he was critiquing modernism mm-hmm. and the modern treatment. Because that's what that's what um, postmodernism aimed to do. Yeah, they do. Correct. Yeah. I mean, not correctly, but rightly aimed no, to yeah, critique yeah. modernism. And I think this is, again, I think we can have an interesting conversation. So one of the things that I I like about Foucault yeah. is, and, and, and virtually every French postmodernism, mm-hmm. this is true, mm-hmm. is their recognition of how fucked up the modern period was. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think that intuition is, um, is merely mm-hmm. just emotional. Mm-hmm. I do think that intuition is just intuition of of of, of basic reason, mm-hmm. and and well, I well reason so basic you don't have to think about you it. you don't have to think about yeah. it right, um, and uh, and and that all knowledge is empirical knowledge. Mm-hmm. I think these things is what the postmodernists reacted to, and I think it's good for them. And mm-hmm. and I, and I also do think there's um, no mystery why it was the French that did this. I mean, mm-hmm. a deeply... They're standing in the shadows of Aquinas. Yes, yeah. I mean, yes. <laughs> a deeply Catholic nation. Yeah. Even in their secularism, they're Catholic. Even is when you when you listen to his descriptions of how the way the church dealt with it, mm-hmm. I mean, it is very accurate, mm-hmm. right? Um, he, he, well, he understands church history very he well. He does, yeah. yes. He understands church history very well. He, mm-hmm. he understands, like, mm-hmm. the like, even just the basic ethos of how many, many people in the mid- medieval period did adhere to of madness as a good thing like jesus christ was viewed as the madman and, and and you read when you read some um uh uh medieval works and they'd said that all the time that there was a goodness to the madness and so there which was, means that they were referring to madness differently than we would now they were yes it, it does yeah which is the point i mean yes if yeah. there's a point that's one of mm-hmm. the things that's... right yes that, that 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 it wasn't so much that the madness is what made him good but how the madness was Presented because the madness was a what was more of a madness that was against uh, the uh, the human condition. Really, we, the human well, here's condition. a tangent, really quick. Um, mm-hmm. It's like when I heard um, I've heard people say that what it means to be Christ-like is to be radical. Yes. What yeah. it means to be Christ-like is to be contrarian and a rebel. Right. Yes. Yeah. And that's almost I got that vibe from this. Yes, it, because it's it's it's, it's, way, yeah. mm-hmm, it's because. I mean, Christ was a rebel. Yes. He yeah. was a quote unquote madman but, 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 in that yeah. his thinking was not in line with societal norms exactly. or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But, or Jewish law or, or whatever. Yeah. Like, but it wasn't, it really wasn't mm-hmm. the rebellion that made him Christ like. It's exactly, that he was yeah. Christ like and also happened to be rebellious because that's what it required. Yeah, that's what it required. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and and I think the medievals understood that. So that's what I mean. It wasn't that the 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 madness itself was virtuous, but it was that being fully human, being fully man, is in the in the in the context of fallen man madness, mm-hmm. because it just it doesn't really make any. 
I, I shouldn't say make it doesn't make any sense, but it but it isn't something that we encounter on a daily basis, right? We're not going to encounter perfection. It would take a madman to do what Christ did. Yes, yeah. yeah. It takes a madman for like that saint who said, turn me over, I'm done on this side as they were roasting him, yeah. right? It that, almost that, requires a certain level of insanity. It does, yes, yeah. <laughs> and, and so there's... um. So, so you know, the, all these things I think Foucault understood, and I think all these things many postmodernists understood, even though they were deeply um, uh, atheists and, and secular, but mm-hmm. they still mm-hmm. function within that worldview because they're, they're French. You can't really just eradicate that from the culture. They're, they're so deeply embedded, the same way that you can't really eradicate Puritanism from many of the, um, of the British culture. It's so embedded in 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 that um in that world or pie, uh, pietistic views within and with the Saxon world, and so it's um it, it's embedded within the culture. It isn't something you could just throw away. And so, I, I believe many of these French postmoderns' reaction against um against modernism was a correct one. Mm-hmm. You know, when he said that they built these institutes basically just to throw these mad people in, I was like, yeah, that's. Uh, he should kind of be repulsed by that because mm-hmm. there is something repulsive about that mm-hmm. is that you're, you're no longer looking at uh, the human being as a, you know, hylomorphic reality. Mm-hmm. Rather, you're simply looking at them as mechanical. and that, Which is what happens to... Yes. That's why... Um, and I'm not saying he said this, but that's a reason that um, um, treatment of psychological disorder mm-hmm. got so violent yes yeah the only reason you would subject anyone to um like electroshock therapy or Mm -hmm. something like in the in the early 20th century or whatever is because their their soul is separate from their body you wouldn't do that you wouldn't do that to anything you thought had existed hylomorphically yes yeah yeah. (laughs) because it's just cruel it is yeah and so yeah there there, there was a, a i think a proper repulsion against modernism in, in a postmodern period. So none of that I disagree. It's just that their solution was equally as stupid. No, it wasn't the, even really a solution. Yeah, I mean, they would think it is, but yeah, you're right. I mean, <laughs> objectively it isn't, right? It's just nonsense. It's, it's kind of almost like talking to a fucking... Baby. Uh, Alzheimer's person. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, why are you telling me this? <laughs> you know, uh, one day, just back in my day, we just, uh, you know... Used to walk everywhere. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> good for you. And maybe it gives me a deep description on the one pair of shoe that he had that he cut holes off to fit his toes in. It's like, I, okay, <laughs> why are you telling me this? This was like the the entire reading of anything for Coley in this way. It's like, okay, but why? Can you make a claim? Can just make one claim, please. Make one claim that's saying that it is good to be mad. I, I want to hear you say that. I yes. felt it in the beginning. I know. And in the end. But he doesn't say it. Mm-hmm. Because, it, because it's, to, he makes sure to not say I it. I know. Because it, 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 cause once he says that, he is committing to something that is true outside of the historical context. Um, and it would it's funny that anyone who is, any moderately intelligent person mm-hmm. who is a Foucault guy. Yeah. I would say this even applies more to a, like a Nietzsche, like like mm-hmm. Nietzscheans yeah. mm-hmm. who are like Nietzsche guys. Mm-hmm. It's like whatever you think he said, you made up. Yeah, yeah. Anything of value you think Nietzsche said, mm-hmm. you pulled out of your ass. 
Yes. Or you derive from a sentence you liked in one of the things he wrote. Because oh, yeah, he wasn't yeah. saying anything. No, he wasn't. And he was intentionally not saying mm-hmm. anything. Foucault was intentionally not making yes. claims because he truly believed there was no claim to be made. Yeah. So you can't, like, quoting Foucault in mm-hmm. a speech or something or in a debate yeah. is, like, really false flag. I was just saying, we just liked that sentence. Like It is, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right to make that connection because the same thing like what yeah what Nietzscheans mm-hmm. really do is like well I'm gonna ignore all the things where he called the Jews filthy and all this stuff and I'm just gonna focus on this part. He didn't really mean that. He's not anti-Semitic. Well, that's what he. That's actually a thing he said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's actually a claim. I, I could just give you the quote, man. And you could you can make your decision on it, but you know, especially when he calls women, you know, as dumb as teenage boys. This is his ideas of women. This, these are his ideas of men and the Jews, and 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 how he believes they're truly wretched. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, the, but but they, they put a blind eye to that. I think they do the same thing with 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 um Foucault. Not so much that I guess they do a blind eye, but they they formulate their own inferences that he himself did not make. Mm-hmm. And do the same thing with Nietzsche. It's like Nietzsche didn't make those inferences. You're you're making those inferences when you look at his actual historical writings. I mean. A lot of it just doesn't make any sense. How, how, why would you agree with a man who says there is no truth and I have it? What the fuck does that mean? Right? This, it just doesn't mean anything. And, and it literally can't mean anything. It can't mean it anything. It sounds interesting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It sounds... Sounds angsty. Well, it sounds intriguing. Like if there's any, if there's any argument to be made, it's yeah. like, oh, that's novel. Yes, yeah, yeah. And if it's written mm-hmm. attractively... Which he did, yeah. I mean, Nietzsche these are, would, these are good writers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. They're all like mm-hmm. everyone from Nietzsche to mm-hmm. what Foucault and Derrida, like all the, yeah, like yeah, the yeah, existentialists yeah, to yeah, the postmodernists. Like, they were fantastic writers. They're, it's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. But they don't say anything. No. Yeah. And the end, and the only time you ever really see when they say something mm-hmm. is when they were like in an interview and they're being pushed to a corner to say something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, so if you, you could read like the entire Oedipus, uh, anti-Oedipus yeah. from Deleuze. And um, that's one we should cover also. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then you kind of like, I, that was I, one of the options. Uh, yeah. I think that was number two. You, you could read that. And you'd be like, I, I don't know why you're telling me these things. You're not saying anything. And then and what, I one time watched an interview because I had to read the whole thing. And, you know, it's like, I, I don't get it. I, I was like, I listened to the lectures that every class I would record. It, I would listen to it. But like, they're not saying anything. And so I, I just watched an interview of Deleuze. And this lady was like, um, pressuring him he's like yes but what are you saying he, it's just so funny he was like i'm just saying that desire you don't desire anything you desire yourself it's like you're saying something finally <laughs> you're, you're, you're finally saying something of value whether it is correct or or not fine but now, now you can we, argue about and it now we could critique it now we could, we could analyze it why didn't you just start out that with a book? Because all you do is start out with these weird fucking examples of this, you know, this judge who looked himself in the mirror and truly believed he was a female. And I was like, I, I don't, why? You know, first make the statement and then exemplify it. Why tell me, you, you, you should, if you're going to yes. tell me about a thing yes. in the work of philosophy, tell me what it means. Yes. If you can't you tell be- me what it means, don't tell me. Because yes. that's what, what else is philosophy but like yeah. meaning, investigating meaning mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. They kind I of mean, e.g. E- truth like this. Yes. <laughs> like, threw everything out the window. Mm-hmm. It was like it, the basic structures of writing is that like, even like in um, 
what is that? When you take vocabulary classes as a kid or you go to a spelling bee, you, you, you first you know, say how it is spelled, you, you give the definition, mm-hmm. and then you use it in an example. It's the same thing in writing. First, tell me what you're talking about because I need to know to follow along and define what you're speaking of. Make your claim. Make, make, make whatever your strong claim is. And then use your immense research and historical facts to exemplify your claim to kind of solidify it uh, inductively in that way. I'm fine with that because now, now there's something that we could argue against or we could defend if it's a, if it's, if it's a well-formulated um, argument. Here, you can have this one. Are you sure? Yeah. If, it, this out, yeah, if it's a well-formulated argument, but when you don't, when you just start out with these examples and these vague claims mm-hmm. that really say nothing in the end, it's uh, it, it just um, it, it's it's stupid. Uh, I don't think there's a better word for it. It's it's just stupid. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's worth nothing, and just they should just shut up. And so, yeah, that's um. It would be it it. it <clears throat> okay, so my conclusion. I mean, we got 45 minutes out of this. I mean... Yeah, yeah. That's something. But then we should talk about madness, but anyways, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, my conclusion, or what I got away... I came away from this, because mm-hmm. it, it... I did not learn anything from reading it besides the mechanics of the way in which insanity has of any kind has been treated mm-hmm. right. and how it, it over since the Greeks. Yeah. How he traces it back to leprosy. I think he, yeah, he, yeah, he starts he, with leprosy. He, he begins with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the way that it's treated and also perceived mm-hmm. in the popular conscience. Yeah. Um, which is interesting, mm-hmm. but I, 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 there's nothing else to be learned. <laughs> um, and there's nothing else to be said of it. <clears throat> um, any any point you you think he made, you made, mm-hmm. you inferred from his descriptions of history. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and so my my the things I really came away from it with were one, Foucault people make less sense to me now. Yes. I think they're more insane than I thought they were because I hadn't. I'd understood the ideas of like mm-hmm. the way in which he contributed to relativism and stuff. We're not even going to finish this one, are we? Oh, I didn't know if there was any more left. I'm, I'm not going to drink that. Okay, so really quickly, po- Poggio, Poggio al Tufo was really boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, yeah. Okay. Um, the second wine is Villa Antinori. It's another Toscana, 2018. Way different. I know. Is it better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a 2018. They're both, I just got some Italian stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. I mean, this wouldn't be that bad if you had something so flavorful that you just needed something a little more muted to complement it. I never want muted. I, I don't think that would be that bad. I mean, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't mm-hmm. like that horrible sweat wine we had from Spain. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It didn't taste I'll bad. I'll have to it's figure like, out which one that was. But, but, but if you were going to drink it, you should couple it with something so flavorful that you just... You just want a hint of extra flavor rather or than something. Yeah. yeah, you just want the sensation of drinking wine to complement right, yes. it because you don't. It doesn't matter. Yes, yeah, it's fine. Okay, like a burger, <laughs> like a burger or something with yeah, like, like a really cheese or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, fuck, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a really good calzone. Garg- yeah. Oh yeah. Oh fuck yeah. I mean, <laughs> see, that would be good with that. It would. It would work. Yes. Wouldn't yeah. say it would be good. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's not. Yes. Obviously, that would be better, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, it would be complimentary. I wouldn't be as sad about it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
So one Foucault people make less sense to me. Yeah. But I also see much more clearly what Foucault people think Foucault did. Mm, I could, I could have an argument Mm -hmm. with a Foucault guy better than I could have before reading it, which I think is the point of reading something like that. You know, you're going to disagree with this to just understand the opposition. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could articulate what a, is there alarm over there? Yeah, it's going to be done soon. Oh, no, I was just curious. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know if it was like a my interference or something. Um, I could, I am better prepared to argue with people who like Foucault Yeah. or attribute their ideas to Foucault, mm-hmm. um, which I think is actually really useful right now. Yeah. I There's a lot of Foucault right, yeah. people. Yeah. Foucaultians, Foucault guys. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think one important aspect is even if you just want to talk about modern issues, not modern, but contemporary issues, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, um, like the whole debate that the left is having with the right, with uh, critical race theory, Yeah, you know, when, when the left says we're not teaching critical race theory in school, mm-hmm. um, they're not lying. Because they're functioning within this framework. They're saying that critical race theory has a historical context. It's a legal thing. And so, and that derived really like from Harvard school or whatever they were, they were saying. Mm-hmm. And so the only place in which that actually exists is in Harvard. There is no form of critical no, race right. theory of there, there's which no curriculums that partake. you could derive from it. Yes. There's just this historical reality that you have to go here to experience it. And, um, and that's essentially what they're, it, it's like, I, I remember one time I was describing this to somebody because, um, he was, Foucault was pissing me off. It, it was almost as if the French took their, their theories of wines and cheeses and applied it to everything. <laughs> and so, yes, I know so, what you mean. Yes. So French is like, oh, that's not the real cheese. You have to get it from this one village or whatever, that the wine has to be made grapes from this one area. Wow. That is different. Yeah. That's what I said. Um, yeah, and, but, and so they're saying that, but this, uh, this applies to every little thing that if, if you try to abstract it away from it, it is no longer that thing. Mm-hmm. And so when, when the left is saying that we're not teaching critical race theory, I think a lot of people on the right said, well, you're lying. I, they're not, their framework is different. Their framework is different. Right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're specifically saying that it only exists with these contingencies. Mm-hmm. And if you have it outside of these contingencies, it is no, no longer that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so, so like champagne cannot be made anywhere else, mm. right? It has to come from this place in France. That if you make it somewhere else, it's sparkling wine. And so, what uh, what the the so only way to answer because back the to name them, of the thing refers to the place it's made. Yes, not yeah. the product. Yes, it's champagne wine. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. And so you have to think of it the same way. It's like, you know, there is no madness. Once, once it is in another culture and another time period with another framework, it is something else. Mm-hmm. But they're interconnected somehow, but it's still something else. And, and, and so I think it's, it's good if somebody is on the right wants to combat them, be like, fine. 
if you want to call it something else, just call it something else. It doesn't really matter because in the end of the day, we're talking about concepts. We're not talking about the school of thought that only exists in this one university mm-hmm. from this one time period. We're talking about a school of thought or at least conclusions derived from that school of thought that now we could discuss. I, mean, I think, mm-hmm. and this might be a leap, the American quote-unquote right, mm-hmm. quote-unquote conservatives, "Quote unquote Republicans, mm-hmm. those really don't mean anything anymore because yeah, they're yeah. so diverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but when I was talking, sorry, it's really distracting me for some reason because it goes like da 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 because of the way that the I think they went right. in and out. That's so funny. It's been going yeah. for minutes. Um, when I was telling you that they used to send us to those little after-school programs where you had to memorize Bible verses, mm-hmm. it's very mantra-based." Mm-hmm. I feel like the the American right is very very mantra centric, mm-hmm. like the right to life thing. Yes, yeah. You're supposed to say that and know everything that it means. Yes. When people say critical race theory, mm-hmm. it's like a mantra, like yes. a mantra for evil or something. Mm-hmm. Like you're just yeah, you're yeah. supposed to just hear the phrase and revile. Yes, yeah, it, yeah. Be repulsed. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that the right is equipped to articulate the ideas of critical race theory beyond any platitudes that they've heard before. I agree. Yeah. Because that's just how the framework functions. Mm -hmm. Like it's very, it's very like bumper sticker slogan. Yes. And people criticize that. And I don't think it's because it was intentionally reduced for stupid people. I think it's Mm -hmm. because it's derived from a very mantra centric theology. Yeah, you mean the rights theology? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think I would agree, and and I also do think it's it's because of the propensity of uh, of whatever the right is right now. Mm-hmm. That I think Which the is one almost thing, nothing. I know. Yeah, <laughs> but I do think one of the things that does unify them is that they do, at least now, kind of adhere to a more universe universalistic or univocal. Um, idea of any um, truth statement or goodness yes and so so they do want to apply to a univocal state which i would agree with um but the issue is that if you really want to discuss with somebody with a completely different ideology you kind of have to at least understand what they're saying and and many times when when i start if i start listening to people like in the daily wire and, and everything and the part that begins to irritate me is because it's like you're not you're not necessarily wrong in your mm-hmm, conclusion, mm-hmm. but your your argument is is kind of just deafening to the opposite side because you haven't addressed the main central problem. No, you're just making noise. Yes. That might noise. mean something to people who've memorized your mantras. Yes, yeah. But they don't mean anything. But they're, they don't mean anything, right? Yes. Like yeah. Critical race theory, like people don't, no, that doesn't yeah. mean anything. Yes. Um, this It's interesting. So I have to remember, I, I'm trying. I'm going to try to construct a description of this or an argument or yeah. something. So what... What is what is it necessary to believe about the about human nature that one can just read the Bible and understand it? 
and not require any commentary and just have like everyone experiences their own divine revelation of what scripture means. Mm. Like it would, it would require that, or it would, it would necessitate a man, like man having some kind of reason unto himself Right, bestowed yeah. upon him. So, mm-hmm. like everybody can just understand everything said to them. They can yeah, just extrapolate yeah. all of the complex references made. Mm-hmm. Um, all it's almost like when people say things like critical race theory, they're applying the same kind of thinking. Yeah, that like, oh, you should just be able to understand what I'm talking about because you're a human being and you're capable of understanding anything said to you because you yeah. have some kind of divine gift of interpretation. Mm-hmm. And I. I don't know if there's a link there. There would have to be. Well, yeah, I think there is. Um, because if, if I say something like, like if you say right to life, right, yes, that doesn't really. I mean, it's it's a it's an incorrect mm-hmm. f- idea yes, that we've yeah. discussed many times. Yeah. But um, it doesn't really mean anything to people who don't know what you're talking about. Yes, yeah. And I don't think that people who say that are prepared to articulate it because they've memorized the mantra and everybody has internalized yes. their own individual reason mm-hmm. and rationale for why they're saying it. So there isn't really a unified mm-hmm. I think there is a, there I think there is a, a an inherent understanding that there is univocal truth in a sense, but I don't think that they're they could ever tell you what that is. No, I, I would agree with you. And, and many times my, my, my criticisms of the right is just that, is that they're not, I mean, they're, they're so loosely connected. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about this. They're literally connected by the word right. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah, it. Yes, or, or at least the hatred of whatever the left is. Yeah, that's I mean one of the words. You either yes, are yeah. the right or you hate the left, and that makes you one yes, of the other. Yes, and, and that makes you, that right, makes you the yes. right. Yeah, yeah. Where someone like where you know yeah. like uh, Dave Rubin now is constituted as part of the right, even though he's you know a gay. I don't know if he would agree with us about anything. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but we're on the right. Apparently. Yes, yeah, and, and so it it really has just become a conglomeration of people who hate the left. Who hate the left. Yeah. And, and so, so, so and that, 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 that is that's the, it's the unifying it is, yeah. characteristic. And that, that is a, a, an issue that I do have and why I do think there needs to be more, more distinctions because I, I don't mind if then they start bickering. It's like, fine, yeah, whoever objects to the left should be bickering and whoever's on the I mean, the, the left also has their own bickering oh, of course. issues as well, right? Yeah. You know, there, there, there's people who are hyper, like... Um, communistic in their ideas mm-hmm. you know they, they love the AOC and they love like the Greta Thunberg yeah. um, nonsense and stuff and there's, there's people that don't I, I believe there's even some uh, there, there's many people on the left not many but but uh, from the last poll that the thing I saw they said maybe like 20% at least people on the left who are anti-abortion mm-hmm. and so it's like okay there's there is a a large population that also exists here that, that would begin to bicker and, and I do think that, that, that those differences should be laid out. Yeah. Somebody wrote this. Um, I, I don't know if you saw, but in, on our YouTube mm-hmm. uh, from our last episode, he said, you know, Anglican mm-hmm. person said they agree with us. Um, the only part that that made this person, I think, a little bit. Wait, someone that you were talking to? No, it, just on our YouTube. Yeah, they commented on there. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. With the Knowles thing? Yeah. It, oh. it was. It was a good comment. I mean, I, okay. I really like that. I'm gonna go find it. Yeah. I didn't even see that. That's cute. And um, I love that. And, and everybody then, go comment on YouTube videos. Yeah. I, want, I want to see it. 
And, uh, and so it was a really, really good comment. Now, you know, I was kind of busy to uh, respond back. Uh, Did you say something? No, I, I never responded back, but right oh. there it is. It came in the email, if you have your email. Oh. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I think the part that, that, made, that made this person a little bit uncomfortable was... Um, oh, it's Fred. Oh, you know that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. Um, yeah, was uh, just us, I guess, blaming Protestantism as a whole. And, and, and I think, um, I mean, to, to, to view it as just us blaming something is, is kind of, uh, I, th- I think, uh, uh, a, a little bit, you know, a little bit of an oversimplification. I, I think that there's just modes in which Protestants function mm-hmm. that we see how the, mod, the contemporary world exists because of it. Mm-hmm. It is like, you know, when, when you have a, a group of people to say that, we believe that the Bible is, you know, truth univocally, and yet I don't like what is given to me, so mm-hmm. I'm going to start taking things away mm-hmm. in order to conform to my belief. That is already actively engaging mm-hmm. in censorship. That's already actively engaging in um, in rewriting history. That's mm-hmm. that does engage in everything. I mean, you're you're talking about a. a a book that was put together by a bunch of, you know, cardinals in a, in, in um, uh, what is that? In, I can't remember the word, um, in councils, mm-hmm. ecumenical councils by, by the church dictated by the Pope um, to say which ones would be um, deemed as inspired by God um, together. And then, then you're saying that I'm going to reject that, like, 1500 years of history and then start modifying it to my point. I mean, that, 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 that's a really, so it's not that we are yeah. saying that Protestants invented mm-hmm. the ideas or the many ways in which they're incorrect. It's yeah. that they, the, the, the observable consequences of the event or what mm-hmm. or we're observing the direct consequences of that event that can be drawn Yes. Concretely, like lines can be drawn from what's happening now to them. Yes. Not yeah. saying that Protestants invented dualism. Right. Yes. That's no, not no. what's being said. No. But you can blame Protestants for many ways in which the modern world is practically insane now. Yes. Because it can, it, because it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, there is a line to be drawn. It was derived from their actions. No. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the things that they have done, we, they've normalized. Mm-hmm. They normalize the idea of let's eradicate certain books and mm-hmm. rewrite history. Let's, let's say that, you know, we're, we're going to rewrite history on why we celebrate Christmas on the 25th of December to correlate with some kind of pagan god. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, these are rewritings of history. And then mm-hmm. they, they spread this and then they, uh, they gain influence and power. I mean, n- none of this was... None of it is true, but also none of it was held as true, mm. at least, for, for the majority of the Christian world. Mm. I think it was only like the first 100 or 200 years in which they didn't celebrate Christmas, and then after that, they started celebrating. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's just a, you know, a, a facet of their mode of behavior, their, their thinking, their beliefs that influenced the Western world. And I, I don't think that can be understated. I think it's the same thing in you know with uh, with postmodernism in general. Is that there's 
I, I think it is undeniable to say that there, that there is a split that happened with the Protestant revolt between the old world and the new world. It would be ridiculous to not say right. that. Right. There's that a we reason live in why, the new world. Yes. And here's how the new world has manifested the, yes. in contrast to the old that world. Humanism would not be possible without Protestantism. The Age of Enlightenment would not be possible without Protestantism. Mm. These are products of Protestant thinking. And we're not conflating the ideas with Protestantism. It's just yes. a way to refer to them as a system of belief yeah. that exists concretely. Yes. It's not like, it's not, again, it's not that the Protestants are their own locus of truth from mm-hmm. which Protestant ideas sprang. Mm-hmm. They just happen to be the ones who took it to fruition. Yes. Yeah. And because it existed before the point from which every, yeah, 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 much earlier. Yes, it did. Yeah. No, but they made it mainstream. Mm-hmm. They broke with like the one thing that the Albigensians were 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 unable to do mm-hmm. was make make their beliefs mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, the Protestants didn't. They broke away, and from breaking away, they convinced. You know that the analogy I normally use is because, is because many like really hardcore Protestants that I meet are also conservative, um, at least American conservative, in terms of politics, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so it, it's it's similar to. California breaking away from the U.S. and then convincing the world that they're the real Americans. Mm-hmm. That, that is essentially what the Protestants did. The Protestants broke away from the church that existed for 1,500 years and said, no, 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 they're not the real Christians. We're the real Christians. They're the pagan heretics. And this is what they convinced so much of the world. Even though they're newer, they broke away. They kind of had to develop the theology in the past 500 years to what it is now. Um, and there's different sects and breakaways that happened. But they, convi- they, 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 they very even-handedly convinced much, not all of the Western world, but much of the Western world that they're the Christians. And so many times you, you, you hear, when, especially Or Americans, at least that there's no difference. Yeah, or at least that there's no difference. But you hear many Americans refer to Christians, they don't refer to Catholics. They have to, well, they name Catholics. Yes, they if name they Catholics separate. Catholics, yeah. They say there's Christians and then there's the Catholics. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they've convinced, like I said, they've convinced so much part of the world that there's a, that, that, that the Catholics aren't the Christians, that the Catholics are their own thing, they're, they're this weird thing that happened in the medieval period. And then there's the Christians that came much later but that are actually a derivation of Christ. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's so insane, really. I mean, j- just historically speaking, it's crazy. Um, and factually speaking, that it's, um, it's obviously not the case. I mean, if you, yeah. <laughs> if you were to read anything from the year 500, when they're talking about the Christians, they're talking about the Catholics. Yeah. You read anything before... Luther, when they say Christians, talk about Catholics. And then even after Luther, they would call them Lutherans, or they'll call them Zwinglians, or they'll call them, um, what, what do they call the... Are they the, still Zwinglians? I think they turn into the Anabaptists, which turn in the U.S., I think, turn into the um, Amish. I, I can't fully I, I remember the history, but yeah, it's, there's anyway. something we're really connected with them. But yeah, there, there's these weird different names, and you know they call them the Puritans, blah blah blah. That um, 
that even in the early stages of Protestantism, they weren't just understood as, as the Christians, they were understood as their own sects or uh, the Protestant term is denominations of the Christian faith. Um, and, and I think that that's just a very important reality because if we were to think that in terms of the U.S., I would think that most Protestants would call those Californians crazy. If California became its own nation and they said, no, we're the United States and those other people that you see that we used to call the United States, mm -hmm. we're just going to call them the Texans because they're all just Texans, right? But we're, we're Americans. And so then all these, you know, Californians are walking around and be like, we're American. We're, we're Americans. They're the Texans. You know, you come from Alaska, yeah, but you're a Texan, right? Because you're, you, you, you've adhered to these weird Normally, principles. Normally, what mm -hmm. happens is they break off and don't want to be referred to the name of the, yes. of yeah. the body from which they split mm -hmm. because they don't like them. Yes, but they, they made up the history that they're reforming the church. So we call them, the, they call it the Protestant Reformation reforming something it means that you work within the system to i do change call it the revolt now but yes but it's the revolt it's, it's a <laughs> protestant revolution yeah. they made their own thing you know well, saying revolution isn't a good idea because revolution implies or just fundamental revolt. change yes yeah 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 it's the russian revolution it wasn't the russian reformation it wasn't re yes exactly it wasn't yes, the yeah. chinese reformation yes it, it wasn't was the the japanese reformation they call it the japanese reformation do they really? Yeah, yeah. but there was, well, there's the Revolution and the Reformation. Oh, okay, yeah. People refer to the Japanese Reformation. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yes, yes. They went from a, like a feudal state with samurai to an yes. imperial parliamentary government. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a reform. <laughs> there's nothing reforming yes. there. Like the um, Mad Men Studios is not Stewart's Reformation, right? <laughs> it is a complete break. Yeah. And a revolt against them. <laughs> Your brand yes. is a revolt. <laughs> it is. It's revolting to yeah. offer similar things. But we offered many different things. But yeah. anyways, but to offer similar things um, against them. Yeah. That is what the Protestants did. They didn't, they didn't reform the church. They should have just named it Stuart's <laughs> <laughs> We're the real Stuart's photo. <laughs> sure, it existed there before. And the Stuarts were actually alive, but we're the real ones. <laughs> but, but, but that is how absurd the entire Protestant revolt is, is that it, it isn't, they're not Christian. <laughs> like, I know that's probably going to piss people off, but they're not. They're their own thing. The Christian church has existed for so fucking long and it has its establishment. It has its church. It has its hierarchy. You know, it is both spiritual and physical because everything in, in, within the church is hylomorphic that you can't just have a spiritual church, which means like a body of Christians or bodies of believers. It is both the bodies of believers right. and St. Peter's Basilica. There are, there are these things. And this so, is your earliest Protestant versus Catholic rant of any episode we've ever recorded. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. an hour, five minutes. <laughs> so we need to reconvene. This is normally what spitter. I'm, I was, not, I'm not I was trying losing. to make it no, anti-Protestant. No, 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 no. It is anti-Protestant. It, it's I'm, just a reality. <laughs> you know, I'm doing the Foucaultian here. Know, it's just the reality. The, yes, the this thing. is the this is a historical reality. Whether yeah. you agree with the Protestant revolt or not is fine. You could 
agree with them and, and also agree with what I am saying. Mm. So you could say, yes, the church was then too corrupt. Proud of it. Yes, and be proud of it. The church was corrupt. There was too much sex. There was too much scandal. There was too much bestiality. There was too much of all these things and selling of indulgences and gold and riches that that they needed to revolt to become more unified with, with, with what was in the really early parts of the church. Fine. Say that, but don't say that you just reformed something. You didn't reform something. You broke away. You didn't have an ecumenical council in which all these, you know, you know, bishops from every part of the world came together to hear you out. I mean, Martin Luther could have done that. Martin Luther could have started such a ruckus where it caused an ecumenical council for the bishops, the Bishop of Rome, as well as the Byzantine bishop, as well as all these other bishops to come together and discuss the corruptions that happened in the church. And that would have been a reformation. That would have been Martin Luther being a fucking saint no. and reforming the church into something saint good. Saint Martin Luther. Yes, that is not what he did. He said, fuck you. I've started my own thing. I'm Lutheran. These people are doing what I'm doing. We're not going to be one with you anymore. That's different. Just historically speaking, you could agree with him all you want, but historically speaking, you cannot say that. What is this weird that. impulse that Catholics and Protestants all have to get along? There is a weird impulse. I don't know why. I mean, like, they no. still don't in Ireland. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, just keep the fight going. It's like, we're, we're not the same. If Some, not somebody the same, has yeah. to win. Like, it's, oh, I know. <laughs> yes. I mean, the Catholic Church will win, obviously. I know, I know. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, somebody has to win eventually. You can't yes. just, like, stop and I know. coexist. That's what it is now. Now they have, like, like non-denominational meetups. It's like, why? What do they call those? Multi-faith? Yeah. Or those, like, a Jew, like a Hasidic Jew, <laughs> a Muslim guy, yeah. a Catholic priest, a yeah. like a Lutheran guy in the church. <laughs> like a Methodist guy. Yeah. And the evangelical, probably. It's like a, yeah, it's like a... Just in a suit, because, you know, they don't have anything special. Or an evangelical with, like, long, like dreads or something. <laughs> yes, yes. Shows up oh, in a tight that guy who was, with... like, Justin Bieber's minister? Who's, like, who was, like, fucking women? <laughs> Perfect. It's like you saw him. I If anybody was surprised by that, yeah, you're, you're stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was like, look at him. I mean, he was obviously using his influence to... His to dreadlocks. He was using his dreadlocks. Yes, yes. <laughs> we'll refrain from making fun of dreadlocks. <laughs> Be diplomatic. Um, I know you were raised, uh, you know, mostly you were raised Protestant and mm-hmm. everything. I've actually never heard your take on like... Um, what is that? Uh, evangelicals. Like, what do you... What do so you define an evangelical, because that doesn't mean anything to me. I think there's um, an actual, like, evangelical conference they have now. Okay, let me look it up, then. Yeah. Because when I hear that, I'm like, I think okay. it's called, like, Foursquare. Is that... Uh, am I saying it right? Eight no square? square? Evangelical <laughs> Christian. Yeah. Like, a big, um, a big proponent of that is, like, a... Uh, Evangelicism. This is Wikipedia, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Evangelicism, all called evangelical Christianity mm-hmm. or evangelical Protestantism, mm-hmm. is a worldwide trans-denominational movement within Protestant Christianity that maintains the belief that the essence of the gospel cons- consists of the doctrine of salvation by grace alone, solely through faith in Jesus' atonement. That doesn't mean anything. No. Evangel. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
um, evangelicals believe in this. Well, not really. Not. I mean, how, the way they define faith alone is. is I know, but like the sentence itself is like fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Evangelicals believe in the centrality of conversion, or oh, it's the born again people. Yes, it is. Yes. Well, it, because I think your your church you grew up in was more evangelical, right? I don't. Because did, did, did they have a hierarchy? Like normally, like Lutherans have a hierarchy. They have bishops. They have Mm-mm, not like, really. I like mean, Methodists. Well, they had like they had people they called elders and deacons, mm. but the elders would literally just meet and like, what paint color are we going to paint the building? And like, what yeah, kind of, and know? how were they assigned as elders? Just that they were there for a long time. No, I mean they were like voted on and stuff. They were voted on. I think so. I like really no know. canonization. There was no like ritual. No, 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 no. no, no. no. It would. They, I mean, they'd bring him up and be like, "Hey, he's gonna be a little older now." And it was like, "Yeah," and that was it. Like it wasn't okay, like yeah, there yeah. wasn't <laughs> any ritual or anything around. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like, there's the deacons is what they would call. Like they're literally just like, this guy takes care of the tool shed, and like it's just mm-hmm. <laughs> very like oh, okay, normal. I see. Yeah, yeah. It was just like you had you. It was just a way. Yeah, jobs. It was just your responsibility, your level of responsibility to be involved. Mm. That was it. There wasn't any like more significance than that. Mm. Okay. If you were an elder, it's like you're partially responsible for the success of the church or whatever, like the 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 health of it and stuff. Like you're going to be somebody people might go to or something. I don't know. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, being there, being there a while was obviously a factor because it it would it displayed a commitment. But, did, but did, did it body. have a connection to a hierarchy or were they just loose? Were they just their own thing? What do you mean? They Did they answer to each other? No, did they answer to any kind of hierarchy? What do you what, mean? That's, is that not what each other and, means? And, and, and so like there's... um, I don't want to... I mean, the Catholic Church is like the ultimate example of hierarchy. But, oh, yeah. yeah but yeah. but just like in other Protestant sects, there's... um denominations i keep using sex but sex relates to catholics um so the the protestant denominations there's uh like uh if you look at lutheranism lutheranism i believe have their own bishops and then from their bishops they canonize like the priests oh no 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 no, nothing like that so so most i mean they were it was pretty casual yeah yeah okay they're just people that have been around a while who like would take on responsibility for like the yeah. literal maintenance of the church. And, so, yeah, the and, and this is, I, I'm sorry to, to kind of question you on this, but it's something that, that I've always kind of found a bit interesting about um, Protestants because it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, do when you have a pastor at a Protestant church, like what, what constitutes him as a pastor? He talks. He's the one who gives. Yeah, but how did he? How did he get that position? Like, is there? He's vetted and stuff. He's like. So, so is is there like a? You know how how schools have their own hiring body? Yeah, like their council, whatever they're called, or like parents. Like, is there the same thing? Like, so the current there, one, I think, it just I I grew. I was literally a baby while he was there, and mm-hmm. he has a degree in philosophy. He was he was the only one who would ever reference like Aristotle and stuff during yeah, yeah. sermons, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, um, it's very not Protestant to do that. Yeah, he would reference Aquinas and stuff, and I don't know. I really don't know at this. It's been years, but I remembered yeah. that being interesting. But there is um, a hiring body, like. Elders. Bunch of bunch of women that stay in the not women. They're all <laughs> like men. student board or whatever that's called. No, they're all men. Oh, they're all men. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, it's just a bunch of it's just a bunch of guys who know the church well, and are just like, yeah, would this guy jive or not? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's about it. There's just not. So they have to go like through an interview process. Oh yeah, to, I mean, you're yeah. not just gonna randomly pick some guy up on the street. Justin Bieber's minister to speak at the church. Like, I'll do it. Thick glasses. Look at me. I'm wearing these ironically. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's a bit bizarre because I just don't understand. Like, um, I mean, they all go to like seminary and stuff, like whatever Protestant, like Protestant seminary. Or, yeah, which is you have to have some kind of a degree or something. You can't just yeah. like walk in and and apply for the job. No, you have to. Yeah. You have to have some kind of credential mm. which i don't know how much that means in those circles but like still i mean you can't yeah. just like just walk in but you can if they hire you i don't i don't know i don't yeah. know i don't yeah. i never asked i'm like do you require a degree yeah because because if there's no hierarchy and no like rubric or, or something right like it, it, it's, it's something that, that has boggled my mind since I was a teenager when I really first started to encounter Protestants because that was the first time as a, as a middle school we went to a Protestant school because it was cheaper than a Catholic school mm-hmm. and um, it was Malden Christian School. <laughs> the giant fat guy is the... <laughs> pastor Kent Elder. No, he was a visiting. He was a visiting priest. He was very fat. I mean, not a priest pastor. He was a visiting Very fat, pastor. right? Yes. Yeah, I wonder if he still is fat. I remember one sermon he gave... He was talking about how Jesus must have been fat. I remember you told, you've talked about that on the podcast I was just, before. I was like, this is one of the most absurd things that I've heard in my life. Um, it was like justifying his own fatness. It was like, I'm not a glutton. And I'm just like Jesus. I'm fat like him. Um, That's so weird. <laughs> is he still around? I have no idea. Did you see that Jerry Prevo became president? Who's of... Jerry Prevo? You don't know him? How do you not know him? You're Protestant. He's like the know. biggest Protestant of I Alaska. I feel like you're way more. Jerry Prevo. He was like that that big Baptist, like ABT, Alaska Anchorage Baptist Temple. Oh, I mean the name is familiar. Oh, he looks yeah. so strange. So yeah, I think he's like now he's now now he's like the president of that big university, that big Protestant university. Which one? Acting for Liberty. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Like an Alaskan pastor. Ted Stevens proved anything was possible. Yes. (laughs) An Alaskan pastor is like the president of a major university in the U.S. Acting president. Acting president, yeah. But that's insane to me. The name sounds familiar, but like you're, I really, I have not. So how long has it been? I have not attended a service at my mother's church, the one I grew up in, since maybe before my dad died. Mm. It's been a long time, yeah, like yeah. five years. Yeah. I know nothing. I'm totally disengaged. Yeah, but Jerry Prevo was like 90s famous. 90s famous. <laughs> like he was everywhere. He was doing like those weird uh putting my hand on your head and yeah i don't know anything about that yeah i'm not even protestant i know him like he was a big name in a protestant circle i think one time we delivered pizza to his house and he was kind of a dick looks like kind of a dick yeah when i was working looks unhappy Mm -hmm. jerry prevo yeah but jerry prevo was like i know a lot of people that went to liberty 
Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was the first time, the first, one of the only times I ever felt shitty about my life choices. Yeah. Was when a girl, I will not name her, um, that I, I grew up with. We were, we were born two months apart. My mom used to babysit us together. Mm. Like she, like, um, they live, so my, where my mom lives in Chugach now, mm-hmm. um, they live two minutes away. Mm. They've always been there. So I've, I, I've known these people. Did my your mom own. hope that you ended up with her? No. 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 Mm. She was a, what's the word? There was a time in the, in the Czech Republic when I chewed her out in a bit because oh. I was so irritated in front of her mom. Oh, really? And her mom, I look over at her mom and her mom just goes, <laughs> so this was a difficult person okay yeah she was a very controlling she, was a she, had, she yeah she really likes to tell people what to do but anyway um she went off to liberty and she came back and she got a degree in mechanical engineering and she worked for some firm and it came out that she was like my age making like ninety five thousand dollars a year as a mechanic and i was like okay <laughs> Maybe I should have slogged the math. <laughs> Maybe I should have. 95,000 a year. Wow. I was like, okay. Yeah. You're like 23. Yeah. At whatever point this Damn. was. <laughs> and she's a woman, so they get like hiring preferences, especially if they get into that kind of field. I'm like, you can't be happy, but like, damn, do that for five years and live at home. Yeah, I know. Buy a house anywhere you want. Oh, I know. Yeah. In cash. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, Unless you just spend it all, which most people would do. I would. It's so easy to spend money. So my mom has like two houses paid off. Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, can yeah. buy whatever I want. <laughs> no, it's... And a grand piano. <laughs> <laughs> I will have a house yeah, and yeah. a grand piano. To yeah. <laughs> so I don't... I'll Sometimes buy whatever... Like... This episode went way beyond madness, but um, it's just there's not that much to say. I know there is. We can go back to it. No, we, we don't have to. But it, it is shocking how easy it is to spend money. Oh yeah. Like honestly, like it's um, I, I don't know. Like this. Yeah. Discounted one hundred and ninety dollars. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. I can't smell it. <laughs> Everybody else can, and Amanda said it was good, so it's no, fine. Yeah, yeah. Whenever it's like you get a chunk of change, it's like it's. Things just add up so quickly. And, it's, and I think, so here's what mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is unnatural to not want to spend money immediately. I think that it is completely yeah. unnatural to not be given money and want, because that's, we've talked about it before many, many moons ago. Yeah. Um, however long ago it was that money per se is only the delayed compensation for labor, mm-hmm. service, goods, whatever. It's instead of me painting your house and you doing something for me or giving me something, you give me Mo- a, a, a and arguably arbitrary token mm. of monetary value so to spend later yeah so that i can allot it mm-hmm. the idea that you're it's natural to want your labor compensated immediately mm-hmm. because money when you receive it is only potential essentially mm-hmm. i mean yeah, it yeah. is real but it's like you're it doesn't having money in a bank account aside from maybe granting you some kind of security mentally. Oh yeah. 
it doesn't do any, you don't have a new thing. You're not actually any more comfortable. You don't, right. Yeah. You're not experiencing anything. Your mm-hmm. life isn't actually tangibly made better outside mm-hmm. of your sense of security. Yeah, in that way, that way it isn't actual and that way is only potential. Yes. Yeah, so it is potential. It's, yeah. it's incredible potential. Yes. Yeah. If you do it right. But yes. I don't, when people, when people are cascaded for not being good with money, it's like, no, they actually use money. How it is natural to use money. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. to spend it automatically. You, it is, it takes an unnatural, um, crazy white guy out of mind. Well, it was, was <laughs> it is. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. it is. Yeah. Like the, it is an unnatural mm-hmm. habit of extreme temperance. Yeah. To not spend money immediately all the time. Yes. Because then, then you're just sitting, sitting on potentiality, which if you have a goal, a plan for that is yes. fine. Yes. If you're yeah. like, yeah, I want to buy a house and cash mm-hmm. by the time I'm 35, whatever. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a plan execute it mm-hmm. but yeah if you're just doing it to save it it's like well yes yeah i smell better than you <laughs> yeah, yeah i have yeah. nicer things than you <laughs> i sleep better than you it's awesome it's i like, dress better than you yes, yeah so does it really matter how much money you make yeah because <laughs> my life is better on a <laughs> level than yours is you might be a little less stressed than i am as another white man but like yeah, i am yeah. enjoying myself <laughs> more. and if i were to die today i probably mm-hmm. would be more okay with it than you you know right yeah yeah and i do think that that's a huge part of it it's just like the, the that's the least white part about me it is yes because <laughs> that's very latino of you love of things. Yes, it's just, whenever you see money. like uh, uh, it's, it's 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 a it's a joke that i've said many times where there's um i, I shouldn't even say joke just a truth claim i think one of the worst the worst wealthy people is like when a poor Latino gets a shit ton of money all at once. It's like you, you just you don't want to see that. It's 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 just debauchery from from the <laughs> There was this one guy, I remember I was watching it, it was um it was one of the f- uh, first hackers in the US. It was actually mm-hmm. a spick. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, he was like taking from bank accounts like 50 cents or whatever, mm-hmm. but it was like from thousands of different banks in the end where he just made a shit ton of money. And like from day one, he was just like, start fucking women. He was doing like, coke and he was doing coke. It was everything. It was just the, 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 the debauchery lifestyle. I mean, Foucault did some... the, the Tunisia boy thing. He probably oh, he did. It, yes. Yeah, yeah. Good man. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> That's my line, dude. <laughs> Anybody who rejoices in the fleshly pleasures is a good man. Of a young Tunisian boy. <laughs> anyway. I understand the French a lot more than, than I do the Anglos. No, but... I um, think so too, yeah. Yeah. But there's um, this... Yeah, the, the, this, this desire, like you're saying, to use money in order to gain those type of pleasures. Well, it's the natural function of money. It is, yes. And it should be. And, and when, you, when you meet some of these Anglos who are just like a stick up their ass, and you know, money. it's like... He's like, I just got this, um, I just got my, my PFDs and I'm just, um, I didn't spend a dollar. And they're, they're proud of it. You know, I didn't even spend one dollar on my PFD. One <laughs> dollar? <laughs> yes. And I'm just like. I actually have not spent my whole PFD this year. It's a miracle. Have you spent a dollar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of it. But like, <laughs> yes. I still have some of it, yeah, which is, is yeah. miraculous because what, we got yeah. a month ago almost? Yeah. Well, three weeks ago. Uh, but when they do that, it's like, look how good I am. I didn't even spend one fucking dollar. I'm like, okay. I mean, 
your your life what must be really What was the thing? Really Isn't there sad? a biblical biblical? There's a scripture. Mm-hmm. Is it, do you guys say scripture? What do you say? He has a scripture. Yeah, scripture. Mm-hmm. Okay, that says save ten percent or something. Give ten percent, save ten percent or something. I don't know that one. I think it's if there's some there's mm-hmm. something about give ten yeah, yeah. percent, save ten percent mm-hmm. or whatever. Save ten percent, give. It's like yeah. well, saving. It doesn't say save all of it. <laughs> If it's a, if what if it's a twelve hundred dollar PFD, put a hundred dollars in the savings account. Yeah, 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 something. Blow the rest. It's yeah. free money. Enjoy. It's not so. That's the problem when people. Problem with I think this is the problem with Bitcoin guys and stuff. Yeah. Is that they see it as a desirable thing in and of itself. Mm-hmm. It's not. No. It represents that which you can do and have. Yeah. And having a very developed vision. Mm-hmm. of what you can do or have if someone hands you a hundred bucks mm-hmm. is really important to enjoy yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And people like people wouldn't know what to do with it. Like I if they're know. like, I saved the whole thing. I'm like, okay, that's what they do. I like, give it to my kids. And I'm like, the- <laughs> they're just saving. It's like, <laughs> like just don't, put, put I know. In bank Cause then they might spend it. Hopefully mm-hmm. <laughs> right, blow yes. all of it. Yes. <laughs> so fucking fun. You know, it's like you got the money to do because you might die tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Angles and, don't have the. And I keep saying angles. I feel like a lot of the distance, dissonance I experience on a daily level mm-hmm. is my incongruity or the the incongruity yeah. of my thought with my biology get, yes. and my thought. That you could get you understand Foucault a little more than you do any Anglo. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, but it's like my biology yeah. keeps me from manifesting oh, yeah. it. I think even even until the end, I don't, I don't think he regretted his AIDS. No, he had a fantastic orgy in Brazil. Oh yes, <laughs> and that's where he got it. And it's like okay, yeah, I just go down and be like, it "Was worth it?" Because <laughs> I'm gonna die tomorrow. I'm gonna die tomorrow of like, AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. No, there's um, like this. I don't. I know we've talked about it many times, but I really do think there's there's this like there there's a glory with. With a hint of that debauchery, yeah, that I think Anglo's really do miss in the end. When, when you see the you know the medieval scholastics with their with their brothels, when you see the well, this is like when we, when we went. What was it? Uh, cracks in modernity. Yeah, yeah. Cracks in postmodernity. Yes, with Stephen. Yeah, yeah. Everyone should go listen to us talk on cracks in. Postmodernity. Yes, um, it was a good episode. Actually, it was good, but we yeah. talked about this. Like, mm-hmm, yeah, like, like carnival was invented. Was yeah, not carnival. Invented yes, by... yeah, carna com- com- comes from the um, from the Latin word meat carne. You know this this not only just reflection of the uh, the meat that you consume, but also a reflection of the flesh of your uh, 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 of your humanity, mm-hmm. and you and you just partake in your that animal. Mm-hmm. That's one of the key words he kept saying was animal. The animal yes, yeah. anim, animality. Yeah, I know, man. yes. Yeah, yeah. Because he's French. And it's, it, like I said, it's embedded in their culture. Can we, can we break down some of the key words that I okay, got from yeah, that? Yeah, so yeah. from Madness and Civilization, we're mm-hmm. going back. We got bored for, what, t- 10 minutes longer than we talked about the book initially, I think? You put the last bit. <laughs> I'll take the shitty one. Um, but... Um, there were many words that he used. Mm-hmm. It, he did repeat words. He didn't. Repeat, yeah. So he kept talking about confinement. Yes. But yeah. he never used confinement in the same way twice. It felt like. Yeah, yeah. It was of this it, confinement it, that blah 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 blah. blah <laughs> in his confinement. 
And, like, and I don't know exactly what he meant because he would use it to refer to like incarceration or mm-hmm. to being uh, um, interned in an asylum. I, I to think he was, like he was trying to reflect thing. back to um, what they did with the leopards. Lepers. Lepers. Sorry. You said leopards. Are <laughs> <laughs> you feeling the, le- the wine? Yeah, I am. Oh, actually. good, 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 yeah, good, good. Yeah. good. We, 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 with the lepers. Amanda, you um, know the things his eyes do when he... <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's very <laughs> Peruvian. Look like they did with leopards. <laughs> it's very like, Peruvian. I was like, are you... My, my dad always like, got those eyes, too. Like, I, like you, Okay, so it's yeah. lions, bees, and leopards <laughs> now? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. no, it's the thing we did with lepers. Yeah, with the lepers, is that the way they eradicated it, essentially, was through confinement. Isolation. Isolation. Which yes. is proper. That's yeah. how you get rid of disease. Yeah. To, so and so, and so I think many yeah. times he was referring to that because he wanted to tie it back to lepers, to, to leprosy, was his idea of confinement, of, uh, of isolation. isolation and everything. Um, and that we, we see that with, that, that, that almost, again, he, he never makes a strong claim. So anybody who is like a Foucault fan wants to rag on us, fine, but... What he's essentially saying, and I'm going to make the strong claim for him, yeah. is that there is a mode of human behavior of wanting to isolate other people. Like, isolate, like essentially what, what he is um, I- implying is that isolation of groups of people is a mode of human behavior. And so mm-hmm. when we got rid of leprosy, we, we needed to confine other groups of people and the other group group of people that we found were the ones who we constituted as mad. Yeah. And, and I think that's why many times he talked about confinement. He talked about mm. isolation because he wanted to refer back to his main thesis, if you, if you will, mm-hmm. of how leprosy is related to madness. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of other keywords. He kept saying unreason. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over and yeah. over, and I have no idea what. Mm-hmm. Like this weird... one's a good one because it isn't just him; it's many, many um, postmodernists, probably as well as like Thaddeus and everything, who who wants to go against reason. And so, I mean, when, when we were talking to Thaddeus, is that attributing a positive nature to things that are irrational? Is that no? What... That is understanding reason in the scientific sense. Okay, so I'll just let you go. Yeah. And so it's 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 that um, with the uh, with the age of enlightenment, there was this idea of that that empiricism is the only mode of reason that is proper, while um, rationalism that came before it is not proper reason. It's almost mystical. It's almost mystical, right? That that you're always appealing to abstractions, to universals, to 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 all these things were. Empiricism is not appealing to universals; rather, it's appealing, it's, it's appealing to observable um, artifacts. And so, um, when he refers to reason, he's referring to empirical empiricism. And so, unreasoning is unempiricism in a sense that there is more to reason. So, I actually did not, because mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily in the way. Again, everything, mm-hmm. every judgment you glean from it is implied or inferred. And I would think that I'm rational enough to kind of understand what he might've been implying. Um, When he was saying, when he was speaking of unreason, Mm -hmm. it was not derogatory. 
No, it was very, um, it was liberating. It was very liberating, but Mm -hmm. in a very anti, um, enlightenment. Yeah. It was was, very anti enlightenment, which I liked. Me too. There's a lot of it that I like in spots. Yes. That that's what, yeah. Um, And and that's the issue that I have because if you were to, he was intelligent enough to to get there. Just make strong claims. Many of his criticisms that he could have made against enlightenment and modernism are would be good ones because this is my this is yeah. the, the the i guess the the fruit of mm-hmm. his labor i guess mm-hmm. is the drunken way to say that yeah. but um if anything he did was actually useful mm-hmm. i would know a person who adhered to Foucault who i didn't think was insane mm. Because as a very rational person, mm-hmm. and especially probably you to even more of a degree because you spent more time with it, you can you it was it's it's really disappointing to see a very obvious intellect go totally un yeah of course yeah. unfocused yes because it's it's extremely well written mm-hmm. um, it's it's observations are really astute yes they make a lot of sense and they are. I would not have drawn conclu- like observations yeah. that he made of, of the yes, things that yeah, he was yeah. observing historically. Like, but the fact that he did nothing to make a point about it is mm-hmm. like such a waste. No, and it's such a waste. It <laughs> is. And, and the moments that you really do see his brilliance, again, are like in interviews or debates. If you ever watch him against Noam Chomsky... He is so much better. It's so much better, right? <laughs> so much better. It's because when he... De- I kind of like him when yes, he's debating Chomsky. Because when he's debating, he's making claims. He's making strong claims. He's saying that these are the things that are true. The issue that I have with his writings is that he doesn't go that way. Because all you have in the end is your writings. Yes. And, and it's almost cowardice. It's like, just make the fucking claim. Make the claim that modernists, you know misinterpret madness to the point that madness in the contemporary world is a virtue that would be something to analyze that would be something to be like i could agree or disagree let's see if we could defend that further but he doesn't make that like i could infer that from his writing so so do you find that you so mm-hmm. i want to try to think of other keywords mm-hmm. worth analyzing before we we're, we're only what an hour 40 and we have yeah, more yeah. time but um so Okay, so what I would derive from the from observing the life of Foucault <laughs> yes, yeah. is he had a deep, innate sense of beauty. Yes, yeah. Um, which I think obviously he he perverted in many ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he didn't just um, like guys; he liked girls. He liked everything. Yeah, because pleasure is pleasure. Like yeah, yeah. Just, it's very hedonistic. But like mm-hmm. the things that hedonists got right is that. Pleasure, pleasure is amazing. <laughs> yes, that, that pleasure is a good. Pleasure is a good. Yes. Um, he was extremely well-dressed. Mm-hmm. Yes. He is the most fashionable philosopher yeah. of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually looking at if you, I don't know if I sent it to you, if you take a picture of Louis C.K. dressed yeah. well, and then a picture of Foucault dressed well, I dress yeah. like a weird, unholy, yes. like yeah, 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 yeah. love child of the two. <laughs> Like his, he was just extremely well dressed. So it's yeah. like he had, he understood. He understood beauty on a visceral level. Yes, and the, and there's something I really like about him because mm-hmm. of that. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's I I 
I don't hate Foucault at all. No, I don't either. Yeah. I think that I personally would have gotten along with them really well. Yeah, like yeah. I think that on like a, in like a conversational level or like mm-hmm. a, like a, if you were just to have casual conversation, mm-hmm. if, if it's not just reading his work, if we mm-hmm. were to, like, if we had Foucault on the show, I think, yeah. I think it would be fantastic. No. And yeah. And knowing, but, and knowing other French and Latin people that adhere to it uh, from grad school, they're actually much more open to discussing things. Even if you disagree with them, it's very, very different from Anglos. Like when Anglos are also postmodernists, that they don't want it's very to. mantra it it's is very yes, it's it very mantra, mantra based. it appeals yeah. to mantra it appeals to but when I, when i met like an italian or a french who was a postmodernist i could drink with them for like four hours and disagree and it would be ugly. and they're all really well dressed it's a lovely <laughs> conversation a yes they were yeah, yeah. yeah it was just lovely conversation i was like i loved yeah. it. it it was something that it was fantastic because they're because they're really like viscerally is something i really like about foucault yes yeah but I'm trying to think of the way to say it because I think, I think, so that's the, that's, I think the flip side of that is that Anglos that don't like Foucault, like think he's literally the devil. Right. Yes. Which is not true. Which is stupid. Um, Martin Luther is the devil, but anyway. (laughs) 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 Just a jab again, but um, (laughs) I'm Sorry, ripping on Protestants is going to be even more funny. The more the more people listen to this, the more people are going to be irritated. It's just going to be funny, and we're <laughs> sadists. We respect you as humans. We'll say, yes, anyway. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, they they hate Foucault on that the same visceral level mm-hmm. where they build. It's like you can't because he claimed nothing yeah. in his writing mm-hmm. essentially. Um, you can't hate him because he's just describing things right, accurately. Yes, they're yeah. like extremely well researched mm-hmm. and hyper accurate yeah. descriptions of history, which yeah. is why the history of sexuality is so important. Is it like it actually yeah, yeah. it actually describes the correct history of the yes, homosexual? The histor- historical parts of it is good. It's really good, but the lack of propositional claims mm-hmm. is stupid yeah and that's like yes and yeah but you can't it's the same thing you can't the, hate yes yeah, so it's the same thing with Deleuze and Guattari like I love his description of desire mm-hmm. it's, it's something that, that I use many times with the debates because like if, if you just well let me at least describe it I think like I, I've said it many times before Deleuze but I think the way that he worded it helped me refine my comprehension of it mm-hmm is because, you know, like many times when Are we... Are they French also? Yes, yeah, yeah. Deleuze and Guattari, yeah, but both of them. So, like, desire is it's just a very thing. And help me with sales, for example. Mm-hmm. And so, like, many times you hear people saying that they're, they're desiring things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm desiring a computer. I desire uh, a cl- articles of clothes. I desire a dress or, you know, a shirt, a pants or whatever. And and the one thing that, that I think he described very well that, that I said before him, but but still I think he refined it for me very much, was that people aren't actually you know you you don't desire, you know, cloth. You desire how that cloth will look on yes. you. Yes. Yeah. You desire the presentation of what it does for you. When a woman looks at a dress and be like, "I desire that dress." They desire how others view will, them in that dress, and how they will view themselves, and how yeah. they view themselves. Yeah. But I think many times it's a reflection of, of how the world sees them. Nor is my ass showing properly in this dress. Is my is my breast but showing? But that in this dress. doesn't mean that there isn't 
mm-hmm. a universal beauty. There, yeah, that doesn't mean that exactly. This is where I think they get it wrong. But in their description of, of desire, mm-hmm. I say it's correct. Yes. That's why, but you and I both hate modernism more than postmodernism by yes. degrees and degrees. Because and degrees of and degrees that, and degrees yes. Because they yeah. get it. Yeah, they get they get that aspect. They get that at least a phenomenological aspect where right. where where you have at least this um, this comprehension of human psyche is that they're not they're not desiring things. They're desiring what these things. What can is, do name? For is this first name like Gilles or something? Who Deleuze? Gilles Deleuze or something? Gilles Deleuze. Uh, I, I can't remember his first name. Actually. God, a fashionable son of a bitch. Yes, yeah. What about Guattari? Okay. And oh, that's the other thing. So the Guattari other was actually a psychologist, and so whenever he timed, he teamed up with him is because he wanted a proper psychiatric. Felix. Felix. Guattari. Yes. Yeah. All right. Is he going to be less fashionable? He's a, he's kookier looking. He is. Yeah. Yeah. He's still fashionable. Yeah. It's still a fashionable kookiness. That's the other thing is when people encounter the postmodernists, mm-hmm. they're all spectacularly dressed. Yes, yeah. They all look amazing. They all yeah. look really, really good. <laughs> yes. What is what is it? Jacques Derrida? Ja- yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking. Yeah, he had perfectly, perfectly manicured hair. Oh, he yeah. was wearing suits all the time. Mm-hmm. He had his smolder. He had the pipe all the time. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't as well dressed. He was more faddish mm-hmm. in his style. So he did the he did the fat ties and the patterns and yes, stuff, and like yeah. which I think it dates itself unnecessarily. Um, but it's it's it, especially living. So so say. You're a people, you're a culture mm-hmm. coming out of kind of, I, I literally, I viscerally act, react to the word modernity. Yeah, I yeah. think it is one of the like least aesthetically pleasing words of all time. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just doesn't. So the modern period, we'll yes, say, okay, modernity, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> so chunky and gross. Um, <laughs> it's not an attractive word at all. <laughs> You agreeing? Is that you agreeing? Yeah, yeah. Modernity. Um, it just sounds stupid. <laughs> like anyone that says it doesn't know what they're talking about. But um, so, say you're a people mm-hmm. um, devoid of any. So you're what? When did when when did beauty become relative? Like the beauty mm-hmm. in the eye of the beholder. When did that cap occur? I think the first instances you could see with uh, what's his name? Fuck, like the late seventeen, early eighteen hundreds. Okay, mm-hmm. and then it was the good and then the truth. So yes, yeah. I mean you've you've. I don't then then, then you saw that like with Nietzsche in the late eighteen hundreds with the it's good. The good and then truth was truth the was a, definitely the postmodern period. Um, mm-hmm. It was the erosion of all those things, but um, <clears throat> you you come out of a period like that where let's say the roots would be sometime in the seventeen hundreds. Mm-hmm come to fruition beauty dies in the early 1800s mm-hmm. and then american pragmatism is born in the mid 1800s and now the good the good is gone in mm-hmm. the late 1800s and then truth is the most fundamental of the three i would mm-hmm. say at least um linguistically yeah um they're all i mean they're all technically logically equal mm-hmm. so but i mean colloquially truth is definitely the most fundamental of the mm. three beauty, beauty good and truth yeah, yeah. whatever um, at least that, that's what makes it the most absurd yeah that's what, that's what yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um but um like especially in english truth is 
the no, most yeah, yeah, is the yeah. most um because I, I think what was, what was most fundamental was actually beauty yes but because truth? because it's the initial experience of, yes yeah of yeah. truth mm-hmm. um yeah. but um say you come out of that and then there are these Frenchmen, France is known for being upper class Mm -hmm. and fancy. They're all extremely well-dressed and they're the first group of philosophical thinkers in a long time that write beautifully. Mm -hmm. They're all very well-dressed. They say things beautifully. Mm -hmm. Um, They all have large bodies of work. Mm -hmm. It would make sense that that would be convincing. Yes, and there that, were, and new and fresh, and they're objecting to something that is obviously yes. Fresh. It's a, it's a, it's yeah. I, 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 it's like reading Foucault, mm-hmm. reading the I mean listening. I mean it's whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, an audiobook. I don't. I, I can't. I can't read. <laughs> it's too. It's too laborious. Mm-hmm. I have to read paragraphs over and over and over and over because mm-hmm. I'm right, too yeah. distractible. But yeah. if I listen to it, I can mm-hmm. get it, and it's the same content with a different of whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um. Um. I, that was another thing that struck me is like, I don't know if I said it before, but like, it's so well written. I understand why this would be convincing to people who don't have beauty in their lives. Cause they're yes, like yeah. pragmatist Americans. Like I, I yeah. would get why this would speak to somebody because mm-hmm. it is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's not technically beautiful because it's not expressing of truth, but like, you know, I mean, some truth, but it but is like, expressing. Yeah. It, it, like again, it, it is aesthetically expressing, expresses yes, and, and the reality of being but, many know. truths. Like the historical context, um, unless he is wrong, which I would have to do more research. If, if they were again, true, if, if I'm going to take this, this word for it, yes, if I'm going to take his word it's for great. it, he wrote it beautifully. Yes. And I understand why. And yes. And this is why many times when I do my arguments, I actually use Foucault. Yeah, I do because it's like, especially about the homosexual. Yes. You're talking about sexuality. or something. I use it because it is great historical. Also, no one was really talking about sexuality in that way for ever because it was taboo. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It took a man. Yeah. Orgying himself to yeah, death beautiful, to man. talk about it. <laughs> yes, talking yeah. about sexuality was mm-hmm. the very least of his. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And it was like, like I, I, I appreciate those aspects of it, and I appreciate it's it's like going against the modern era because I do think, in terms of what was most diabolical, I do think the modern era was its like formation of of, of its most intricate diabolical nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I'm just very, I, I'm in so much agreement in those aspects of it, but the parts again, that I'm, I'm not in agreement with is that, well, it's not that you're not in agreement. It's that you're mad. There's nothing to agree with. Yes. It's because you're not, it's not that you're in disagreement. Yes. Yeah, you just I, said the facts are right, but we also said that no claims were made. It's like, yes, you can't it was, disagree it, with it, the claim so, that wasn't made. And so what, what I am upset at is that, you, you, you invest your time, like, like again, like an Alzheimer's person, you invest your time so much to these stories mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and these historical contexts that it can be used for something mm-hmm. good. And of you course. don't. And when, and when you don't... And it's it, you obviously in your life have an understanding of uh, the a universal. Beauty. Yeah, yes. uh, like you beauty get and everything. it. It's like you, yes, exactly, you get yeah. it. And the fact that you're not doing it intentionally to like flip the bird to the more upset. Yeah. It makes Um, me more upset than just somebody who is ignorant. It's, um, what's the word? How do I say this? It's because Um, he wanted to deny Catholicism. He wanted to deny God. He wanted to deny so many things. It wasn't just that he didn't want to say it. It was like, he knew that the moment he said, this thing is univocally true. Yeah. 
you say, okay, what is that university resting on? What is it resting on? Truth itself, okay? If it's resting on truth itself and beauty itself, as I know that he loved making love to things, okay? You, yeah. you know that there's something beautiful beyond your own interpretation of beauty, but just something that is beautiful manifest that you can experience. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that resting on? Mm-hmm. And the moment you ask that question, so, you reflect back to, okay, Aquinas was right. Yeah. Studying the same so, fucking university that he was in, the University of Paris, Aquinas was right. So here's something that I, this is actually a strategy I've devised, mm-hmm. um, is I never tell people I do not know well to read Aquinas, ever. Mm-hmm. I say yeah. read Aristotle. Yes. Because yeah. Aristotle isn't Christian. And yes, he does yeah, not yeah. carry nearly as much package. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if you understand Aristotle and agree with everything, uh, that was Aquinas too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, you know, like, this is, okay, now you can read Aquinas and get it. Yeah. But like, that's what I think happened here. Yeah. Is what if, Fuc- I don't, I don't know anything about his yeah. history as a, as a, as an academic, but like, what if he was told to read Aquinas because he said at the same university founded in the name of Aquinas or like whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you, I, I under, I completely understand, especially after what. So when was this written? Nineteen seventy. The seventies, yeah. Eight. Mm. It's crazy to think it's that recent. Yeah. I'm gonna look it up. Um, because he just died in the eighties, right? Or was it in the early nineties? I don't. I don't. I can't know. remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Isn't that so sad that all of the best dressed people all died of AIDS in the same time <laughs> yeah, period? Like... Oh, this is way earlier. 1964. Okay. Yeah, 64. Mm-hmm. Still, um, when did Vatican II happen? 65? No, 68 or 9. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just, it just, the the church was experiencing, no, 1962, 65. Or was it? That yeah, early? remember the thing I, I gave you, the mm. record is 1965. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. so this was literally while Vatican II yeah, was yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyone raised and I hate another word I hate is milieu I think anybody that says the word milieu is a sophist (laughs) (laughs) I almost said it but I denounced it anyone who would grow up in the context of Vatican II I mean milieu is like I know but I hate it because I'm like anyone who says that is a bad actor Mm -hmm. arguing bad faith (laughs) it's loaded the philosophical milieu Nietzsche of the Vatican Um, II (laughs) but like it would make sense that this organization that's list, lasted for 2000 years yeah, yeah. roughly mm-hmm. is in such stupid turmoil over mm-hmm. itself and makes and draws such incorrect conclusions about the way liturgy should be conducted yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. you would want to reject that yes so this was written literally during Vatican II and yes, there's yeah. something about it there's something about the anti-catholic mm-hmm. sentiment of it that i think is and I, i'm not trying to to commit the same fallacy they did yeah. where you can only analyze things in I know, yeah. In context. Right. But but, but it but, makes sense to me that this this yes. happened at the time. But but the thing is that you're making a causal claim at least. I know I am. I am. Yes. I am. But I just I'm and, saying and this, this is the even, this isn't even the book. I'm saying it's like he's not. Yes. It's like yes, I, I do think this 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 had a significant um cause to the French people, to the French philosophers, to everything. I'm good, I'm good. Okay. That's yours. 
Um, the the, 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 that's definitely important. So we can't ignore yeah. their histor- historical aspects. I, I love historical context with things, but it has to, to be... To claim that's the only contingency. Yes, just stupid. exactly. It it's has moronic. to be coupled yeah. with strong claims. It's like you make a strong claim and then you exemplify how it outplayed in history. But yeah, I do think that um, the church was... I mean, turmoil was kind of a... Uh, probably more than I would say, but it was in a state in which it seemed like it didn't know is essentially what to do with itself. Well, it's a loss of identity. Yeah. That's kind of what I meant by turmoil. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was like, okay. Inter- kind of an it, internal is, calamity yes, of some like kind. Literally yeah. the oldest institution in Western civilization that survived everything that we could think of, you know, the fall of Rome, the, the uprising of the Holy Roman empire, as well as the Byzantine empire, the, you know, the, the, the attacks of the Saxons and the Anglos and everything where they almost killed the Pope. The fact that there's still a Catholic church in like Russia after the and Soviets. So Russian, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, that, that's a, that survived the entire, like, you know, Nazism, the Soviet revolution, Maoism, like you, you yeah. could, you could, yeah. you could take everything. And is the, uh, the only institution that survived all that, uh, that it found itself in its, in, in, in a state where, where many things were stale mm-hmm. and, 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 and well, of uh, course, yes. And, and this is where, where many like, Oh, more, mm-hmm. um, like Trentian Catholics, as I call them, they call themselves trads, um, that, that I tend to kind of upset because I, I actually don't object to Vatican II. Uh, I, I think Vatican II. Well, you look, cause, cause you understand it. Yeah, yeah, I would say because I understand it, but I also think it was a, it, it was just an important part for the church to hold because what happened with with Council of Trent again was a response against many of the Protestants' attacks against them, and so they many times call them like in history books the Counter Reformation was the Council of Trent, and so um, that's pretty popular. Most people will know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and so um. But if you but but if they actually read the Council of Trent, they realized that they didn't apologize for the selling of adult, of indulgences. They defended. They it. defended it, and so what what happened was that many bishops were ashamed of the defense, and so they began to not partake in indulgences, and so this was a failing of bishops, not so much a failing of the council, and so I, I would again defend the Council of Trent. But I would not defend the actions of bishops and priests after the Council of Trent because what happened then was like they didn't really want to stand by it, and so they're like, "Well, we're just not going to do it anymore." Mm-hmm. And so it's it's very hard to find a bunch of bishops that were like, "Yeah, let's fucking sell indulgences, let's do whatever." The Council of Trent never demonized it; they 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 defended it wholeheartedly, and they actually demonized Protestantism that that that, that developed from it. But, but again, what, what, what happened then was that many bishops began to adopt Protestant and Puritanical worldviews. Because that was the available. That was, that, was the, that was the cultural, I guess, norm that Protestants gave them. Mm-hmm. Right after all of the wars, because if you remember, after the Protestant revolt, there was literal wars, and there was killing, there was everything. And so what, what became the norm was indulgences are evil. Um, that the church having this hierarchy mandating thing was evil. And so many bishops began to comply with 
many puritanical and Protestant worldviews mm-hmm. that kind of infiltrated the church. And so, what was, so, so when I talk to trads, um, what, 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 what? So when we say trad Catholics, we're talking about puritanical, puritanical American crap. Republican yeah. Catholics. Yes. Okay. And so when I talk to them or I encounter them in any way, um, they get upset with me because I don't adhere to their principles. They, they, they basically accepted many Protestant principles. And what I'm saying is that they're, the, the so-called trads are not being traditional Catholics. Mm-hmm. They're being post-Trentian um, Protestant Catholics that were too afraid to respond to many of the criticisms of Luther and many of the Protestant um, revolutionists. Mm-hmm. And I would say we should, we, we never need to um, apologize to them or to, or to adhere to any of their ideas. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, selling of, indul- of indulgences was never bad, ever. Mm-hmm. The fact that um, uh, the sacrament of confession given to the priests after they were go to brothels was not bad. That was good. These, these priests were human like we are human. And they falter just as, as, as we falter. And we need a sacrament in order for, for, for us to cleanse them. Not for us, for, for God to cleanse them before they say Mass on Sunday. Yes, that is fucking good. We don't, we don't need to... Well, it's bend. almost like, how dare you say that's not yes. good. We don't need yeah. to bend to Lutheran ideas. No, the, the, the so-called trads are bending to Protestant ideas and say, we're adhering to your Puritanism, we're adhering to your anti-corruption of indulgences. This is one, one very, very American trad Catholic, uh, almost, almost like a, a Catholic con- convertee mm-hmm. um, phenomenon is the... I've converted, so why are you not converting? Or I, yeah. I am, I've converted, and now I understand the way in which you err as a human being. So why are you doing that? You know. Yeah, yeah. It's very puritanical too. I don't want to say um, um, what I'm trying to think of how to say this. Like. Y- the, so what Purit- so Puritan theology is based not necessarily on a universal, but on a personal understanding of the right and wrong and applying that to other people is kind of, yes, but, but it's also the inversion of sin where in, in traditional Christianity, Catholicism was that sins of the flesh were yes. partaking oh, yeah, 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 yeah. of the, uh, of the lesser goods mm-hmm. while sins of the mind yes. is partaking in intrinsic yes. evil. And Puritanism and, reverses that. Yes. Where there's um, little white lies for sins of the mind. And that, well, sin, obviously because yeah. they're lesser goods, they're more easy to per, to pervert. Yeah, exactly. It's more yes. easy to commit sin mm-hmm. perverting lesser goods than it is committing outright evil. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, like let, it's, let, it's, let, it's yeah. easier to have too much sex than it is to murder somebody, yes. obviously, because let, they're like, goods like a, and they're accessible yes. to you and you do them all the time. Like Aquinas very, very rightfully argue that, you know, that, that scenario, like I know he didn't have the scenario, but maybe many scenarios that, that like the so-called trads and contemporary Catholics mm-hmm. do is, you know, if a Nazi knocking on your door and say that, that, that um, 
that you have a Jew and you lie to them, would that be a sin? According to Aquinas, it would be. Well, it is. Yes, it still is because you are literally intrinsically violating the nature of God and lying while you're not intrinsically violating the nature of God and fucking mm. or in overeating or drinking. And so, and so what Puritanism is, is, is that it reversed that it, it said that fucking, you know, getting drunk and, and eating, these are the intrinsic evils while you can say a lie that can be good. And so, so it's a, it's a it's a complete inversion. It's it's, it's something that, that that I would say it's just it it has corrupted many of the faithful in the Catholic faith after the Council of Trent that it is it, that it has damaged the church more than it has helped. It has damaged so much that there are young people you know, who are grown up Catholic, who received all the sacraments, who received the, you know, count, uh, the, 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 the sacrament of confession and everything that feels in their hearts because they fucked the chick in their car while they were riding them because they were so small and hot that they cannot be Catholic anymore because they have partaken in this thing well, that was Protestant anymore. In Protestant, fine. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, I just. I don't understand yeah. why people convert to Catholicism and mm-hmm. continue to think like that. I don't know what the purpose was. Part of it, I think, just because historically it doesn't make any sense to be Protestant. But no, I just but, think. But, but, but why, why and, convert? And moralistically to, speaking, so I agree with you. Yeah. Why convert yeah. to Catholicism at all? Mm-hmm. If you are going to hold everyone you know to the same puritanical standard you did before you converted, I don't get it. Yes, because, I think that's the way to say it. Yes, yeah, because I think you're functioning from a very correct way of understanding morality and virtue. Well, so it's like why convert? Because you haven't converted. Yes, like because you didn't. You didn't convert. Strictly fully. speaking, yes, that they're, they're, they're still partaking. Like you apparently do. You in apparently this have worldview. not incorporated into your understanding of the structure of reality, anything about Catholicism, you did it because yes. you thought it would save you from your vices or something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're still like, functioning oh, in a you're like, Oh, that does sound a little bit more merciful yeah. regarding the things that I struggle with. But mm-hmm. it's just, but if you yeah. still hold people to this puritanical standard of yes. morality, you especially really in sex converted. and food and stuff, yes. you didn't convert. Yes. No, I agree. With it you, yes. really bothers me. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and I see that experience many times. What's interesting was that, um, even though he's Protestant, but I think in many ways he's more Catholic than Protestant. Yeah. Um, Clavin. Yeah, he, he really trips a couple. I know. He's also he, well-dressed and I stuff. I know, yeah. <laughs> he recently, like in this Friday episode today, but anyways, in the, the, today's episode, he mentioned this because he's talking about how his gay son and his um, like partner, whatever he is, had a celebration to uh, this past week or month Yeah, that all the people went there to celebrate. And he was he was specifically talking about this, where everybody who was there were there to celebrate his son, who they should love, um, even though he is partaking in a sin. Rightfully, because the nature of love is the only thing that could cleanse a sin of its uh, of its vices. And so, again, this goes back to this pre-Trentian, pre-Protestant revolt idea where 
we can easily recognize the sin. We could go to somebody and be like, yes, you're a piece of shit like I am, <laughs> right? But today, we feast on wine. Yeah. And we dance. And we feast on... That's the, literally what we do on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> on, on this meat uh, yeah, of yeah, an yeah. animal whom we killed. Yeah. So that we experience the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something so profound and beautiful about that, that yeah. we could just rest and and say you know it, it isn't us yeah. if any virtue comes from us it isn't from us it's it's yeah. it's from the blood shed from christ on the cross imagine foucault if he was willing to admit that. yeah i know this is this is what bothers me because <laughs> it's it's yes. not it's because i want to yes. i want to interpret this for you it's not that you ha- we we've just said we don't hate foucault no yes i no. think he's like cool half like yes, he's like yeah, cool yeah. shit yes yeah, the yeah. way he dressed like yeah. it's like the way he writes his whole persona yes. is like badass but it's making that claim but it's it's the same it's a turbocharged version of what we had to say last week i'm not yeah. comparing michael Knowles at all to Michelle <laughs> yes. in any way it's literally yeah. only in the most superficial way mm-hmm. that just just, just make, make the, the claim yes. because I know the claim you want to make. Yeah. We went through madness and civilization in yeah. its entirety. You again, me mm-hmm. for the first time. Yeah. I know the claims he wanted to make. Yeah. I inferred them. Mm-hmm. And because I'm a rational person and I know that he was also a rational person. Yes. Yeah. You couldn't write like that and Without have such an understanding. Uh, yes, least. Yeah. totally. Um, and I think that's why I was so irritated. Yeah. But it also wasn't badly written, which if it was badly of written, course, it would have been yeah, way more yeah. irritated. But I think mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to be as irritated because it was beautiful. Yes, yeah, yeah. At least it was beautiful. Yeah. Like at least it, the, the sentence balance was perfect. At yeah. least the vocabulary yeah, yeah. was amazing. Mm-hmm. But I think, it, it, I agree with you. It just, there's no claims made. I know, yeah. It just, it's just a description. Like, it, so, so what's our thesis? What's our thesis regarding... Madison civilization, him? not him. Just this, this the, the, work. the work at least. Yeah, yeah Madison no, civilization. I, 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 at least the work. I, I think one thing what could have made the work better would be making the claim that what the modernists constituted as madness is not actually madness. Is that we require a certain human behavior that goes against social norms? in order to overcome the bullshit of it. So, so it goes back to like Augustine, where Augustine had the city of God and the city of man. Mm-hmm. The city of God will always, like if I, if I reword it in a Foucauldian sense, will mm-hmm. always be madness against the city of man, the city of Caesar, where the city of Caesar has a certain structure in which you must abide, where the city of God will never abide by where the church always exists in this madness. The church will always exist. Where because it is human. It because is because, it is, yeah, because, because it is because it is human, but also because it 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 proposes mad things really in, in in terms of human condition. Why would why would it be the most virtuous for the state of being to be merciful? That that divine justice, and as the Catholic teachings, divine divine justice is mercy. Mm-hmm. This is in a way mad. Because that's not what you would say. If somebody raped your daughter and mutilated her and cut her head off and put her her head on a post stick, you, it wouldn't be that 
my response would be, I have mercy on your soul so that you're, so that you're saved. I'm but going that, to allow the, yes, the opportunity of salvation. Yes. Yeah. Your response would be, I want that fucker to be dead. Do exactly what he did, 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 did Exactly what he did to her. I want to rape his ass with it with a broom <laughs> and cut his head off and let me put it on a stick to display it. That's what, that, that yeah. is what the human condition is. But for you to say no, yeah. True justice is for you to look at that person and say, I forgive you. The way that the person who nearly killed Pope St. Pope John Paul II, <laughs> Pope John Paul right? II. he visited him yeah. in a fucking jail cell and said, I forgive you and spoke with him. Mm-hmm. And to say that that is real justice, that is true. That is divine justice. Mm-hmm. That is madness. And what Foucault could have said more easily was this world needs madness because madness, because it, like, like they say the old adage, right? To, to err is human, to forgive is divine. To err is human, to be mad is divine would have been a much more stronger claim that he mm-hmm. could have made that said that this world requires it mm-hmm. because when, you well, know he wanted to say yes, that in the beginning. Because when, when, yeah. when, when you look at the Pater Noster prayer, yeah. and, and towards the end it said, I, you, know, you, know, you, know, uh, you know, our Father, heart in heaven, hallowed be in the name of the kingdom, there will be done in the heaven. Give yeah. us a day our labor and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, as we forgive those who deny us, as we forgive those who have done the most wrong against us. This is what it is called to be Christian. This is what is called to be Catholic. This is what is called to be Christ-like. Yeah. It's like you look at you look at the person who has wronged you the most and say to them, not only that I forgive you, that I put away my pride for your goodness, but I also lay my life. That even if that means my own damnation, you Mm -hmm. are saved, I will do this. It only takes a madman. Yes, it feels insane. It is. Yeah. And that is much a much more profound and beautiful statement that he could have made in Madness and Civilization. Because you know that's what he means. But he didn't. I know. And that's yes. I think that's my my takeaway is it's yeah. not I, I, I any argument of Foucault's thought and writing I ever heard was about deconstructionism yes. and relativism um, and all of these things. And obviously things that I hate and think are wrong, but are also positive statements of truth value yeah, or something. At least potential ones that you could have made. Yeah, yes. But yeah. like, or, or yes. I mean, the, the, when someone says that, oh, mm-hmm. Foucault, his writing is concerned with the deconstruction of language and the blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. That um, that language has no uh, no um, universal meaning and that all meaning is derived from our... Uh, Subjective experience, you know, it's just anything. Yeah, yeah. He didn't say that, and I think that it's not necessarily that I think any more or less of Foucault now. I still think he's a cool badass who said nothing. Yeah. <laughs> who had orgasms in many, 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 many different orifices, and that's <laughs> a sen- that's essentially my whole impression of it. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's a a what is it satirist in the way that yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the male and that he enjoyed the beautiful yes he enjoyed yes, the beautiful yeah, yeah. and said 
and wrote beautiful things that said yes. nothing. And that's essentially the impression I've had. But now I think that that impression is made stronger on me because any, now I know that anyone that makes any positive truth claims derived from this work is doing the work themselves. Yeah. Because there is no positive truth claim contained yeah, the, in this. Thing. Yeah. That he actually, or the that. only, the only positive truth claim that you can claim is made is purely factual and historical. Yes. Yeah. That's, you can say this person, this group of people did this to this people, this, yeah. this group of people that we could utilize for use, proper arguments. Yeah. Utilized this mm -hmm. treatment of some psychosis on this group of people yeah. and put them in this place. Yeah. That's a truth. That's yeah. a truth claim. But you, he did not derive any any other greater truth yeah. of which any of that partook at all. Yeah. And now that I have gone through that, yeah, I think yeah. I think it makes more sense to me. Yeah. The way in which people who ascribe like subscribe to Foucault's thought are actually insane. Their liars are insane. I think that's my yes. thesis. Is that yeah. anyone who really holds Foucault in any incredible mm -hmm. or not incredible, but necessarily a high esteem mm -hmm. as a philosopher is insane or lying. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And now I, I think I would have said that last week, mm -hmm. but now that I've but you have gone more, through it now, I know yeah, that. Yeah, now I know why that. that's the yeah. case. And I think that's why I appreciated yeah. going through it. Yeah. And I think like, like the other claim he could have made, and this part, part, part where, where, where at least in terms of my discussion of Foucault and that is to go back to Balthazar. And since you brought up like a Vatican II and everything, I think, yeah. I think it's very important is that what, what was important about it, because I, I think, I think post Trentian theologians mm. forgot about this aspect of it was, yeah. was the outreaching of what, uh, of what the death of Christ meant. And what each one of us who are claiming to be Christian are supposed to be. And, and, and it was that the, the, this idea that when Christ suffered on the cross, and even prior to that, to be whipped and, and to be humiliated with a, um, with a crown of thorns, was for the outreach of the lowliest of the lows. And so mm -hmm. the way that Balthazar um, put it was that Christ, Christ's suffering was necessary in order for him to reach the most wretched of us. Mm -hmm. And when we, when we normally, when, when Christians tend to think of the faithful, they mm -hmm. normally just tend to think of the ones who go to Mass who receive communion, who raise their kids, who don't do anything wrong and just, and, and just exist within the realm of the faithful. And then, then mm -hmm. we, t we tend to forget about the rapists. We tend to forget about the ones who take little children and shove our dicks up their ass. Right. Who, who mutilate mm -hmm. people who do, who do, who just, just disgusting things. Mm -hmm. And we need to be reminded that Christ did not die for the virtuous, noble people. Mm -hmm. He died for the most gruesome thing you could think of a villain to do. Mm -hmm. That is who he died to. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he suffered was to encompass an entire 
state of sin in which that person was entrenched in. Mm-hmm. The moment he's mutilating somebody, eating their flesh, raping them, slapping their dick off of their face, shoving their dick in their eyeball, whatever you could think <laughs> of, right? Whatever you could think of that this person did, yeah. uh, that is who he died for. Mm-hmm. And if we call, if anybody calls themselves Christian and says, no, I am only going to live and mm-hmm. die for the person who deserves it, is not being Christian. Mm-hmm. It is it, it is to understand that the reach of Christ to heaven was the mediation between the judgment of of God the Father mm-hmm. to the most rest, wretched, and so that I I will pay the debt for that person. I will pay the debt for that person, and that if anybody wants to live a Christ like life, is that you're also going to pay the debt for that person for the one who wrongs the most and say that I not only, not only will I pray for that person, but any suffering that comes from me, that comes to me, I will offer it for that person mm-hmm. so that I could suffer the hell. I could suffer the damnation for, for that so that that person cannot suffer for that. And that the hope that if each each person who calls themselves um, Christian can suffer and pay the debt for the wrongdoer, mm-hmm. that we all, each one of us, could suffer, so, not suffer, but, but, but I guess rejoice within the eternal life, even if that means me, myself, will, will, will suffer damnation. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do that, it's like you, you, you've literally missed the entire point of claiming yourself Christian. Mm-hmm. That Christ was not like, you know, if this whipping doesn't hurt me, you know, hanging on the cross doesn't hurt me. No, it was like, I, he has suffering pain. And if you can't even take an ounce of that, 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 that ounce of suffering to say like, I'm going gonna, I, I'm gonna to take this so that the other person doesn't need to. It's like, it's like you're nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes back to to, to, to a verse where, where Christ looks at that person and says, I know you not. It's like, I, I don't know you. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not what you claim yourself to be. You're just somebody who is self-righteous. And you think that you have followed all these rules and you deserve salvation. It's like, fuck you. You don't. <laughs> None of us do. But if you can suffer for the other so that hopefully God could have mercy on his soul that is what you ought to do. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think if most people encompass that, and, and again, this is something I think Foucault could have said in this terms of madness, because this is mm-hmm. mad. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is not mm-hmm. what a human being should be thinking. This is something that is only divinely inspired, that madness is divine. This is something that, that, that I think he could have expressed much more fundamentally, much more true, and much more beautiful. Um uh, then unfortunately he did because he was stuck in his like atheistic because, well, pleasure. Be, because we're rational, we see it. Yeah, yeah. And because we're rational, we see the intellect that was potential Yeah. in him, in his writing. Mm-hmm. So I think in closing, mm-hmm. we have... I have I have no animosity towards Foucault. Me either. Yeah. I have animosity towards adherents of Foucault because they misunderstand Foucault. Yes, yeah. Um, but as far as Foucault goes, I I mainly am just disappointed. Yeah. 
I'm not I'm not angry. Yes. I'm, I'm mainly just sad mm-hmm. because the the French postmodernists had such incredible potential for the articulation of truth that just never realized itself because they were yes. so concerned with their own pleasure. Yeah. But anyway, I think that's <laughs> I think that's a really good and heavy note to leave off yep. on. So um yeah, bye. Bye.